Hello and welcome once again to the How Long to Beat podcast. Um, I'm Rick and I'm pleased to have you all here on what is our two-year anniversary almost to the day. Or should that be mativersary? Because as well as Alex hey. and Paola, again. who is muted again, <laughs> <laughs> we are nice. also joined again uh, by Matt, aka Cock, friend of the podcast and um, someone you may remember from episode 56, almost a year ago, we were saying... Welcome back once again, Matt. How you doing? I'm fine. The Roach Man has returned. Yes, there you are. <laughs> Episode title sorted right there. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna dispense with the normal sort of getting to know you segment. Uh, if you want to hear that again from Matt, episode 56 is what you're looking for. Um, so we're gonna launch straight into what we've all been eating, <clears throat> retiring, playing. Uh, Matt has brought us a topic this week. Um, give us an elevator pitch for that topic, Matt. Um, we're going to talk about uh, fears and specifically about phobias uh, linked to video games. In this, the spookiest of seasons. Uh, and then we're going to roll into Guess the Game, where the aim of the game is to guess the guest's game. Um, and we're going to finish out with everyone's favourite, How, How Long to Be the Game. I was hoping that you would point this out, yeah. Yeah, I did play Daddish because it's free on mobile, so I figured might as well give it a look since you've been raving about it. And it's, it's, uh, it is fine. It is, a, yeah. it is a solid platformer. You can't really complain much there. And it gets bonus points from me for the uh, Opossum character. That's a dope <laughs> one. But it's not not anything that I'm going to be thinking a lot about or going to be coming back to, I don't think. It's good, That's though. <laughs> um, what I've been really playing, though, there's this uh, really unknown little indie game called Stray. You might have heard of it. Uh, <laughs> the, the cat simulator, I've been playing that. And um, I'm not even that kind of a cat guy. I wasn't even planning on playing it this soon after release, but uh, coincidences happened. And so I was struck with this on my backlog. And I'm actually, um, it, it, it did succeed uh, my expectations, I guess. Uh, not really in terms of gameplay, but in terms of atmosphere and presentation, it was amazing in my opinion, both visually uh, and also with the soundtrack, those two went uh, hand in hand so goddamn well. I'm still listening to the soundtrack, um, which has stuck with me way more than the actual game, though. The game itself mm -hmm. is still good, um, especially after you actually get out of the first environment. Uh, there, there are a, a handful of distinct environments that you go from throughout the game and the first one can get very repetitive in my opinion because it is mostly just simple fetch quests i guess uh, there's a bit more variety though later on with um uh, individual game mechanics that are only linked to specific uh environments so there is you know that variety it's a it's a pretty good game um uh, a way better game, though, in my opinion, is Ninja Gaiden 2 on the NES, the uh, sequel to the infamously hard platformer Ninja Gaiden. Um, I played the original Ninja Gaiden last year, which um, was... 
I would call it a 10 out of 10 platformer if it wasn't for the boss fights, which <laughs> I honestly despise. Um, and I have no shame in using save states for those boss fights, but the platforming itself is uh, like every level is perfectly like constructed in my opinion. There is there is bullshit, but it's always intentionally planned bullshit. Um, there's no random nonsense or anything. Every single screen has the strategy to go through. Um, and <clears throat> after after playing the first one last year, I, 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 I had fun, but I was exhausted as fuck. And I was scared to tackle the second one. So I waited pretty much a full year to get to the second game, which I finally played this month. And it was pretty much the same experience. It's it's pretty dang brutal, as expected, and it can be exhausting to play. But it is um, honestly surprisingly, both of those games are surprisingly forgiving when it comes to setbacks after death. Mm-hmm. I always thought, back in the days before I played those games, I always thought Ninja Gaiden would be unfair bullshit, because that's like the... Uh, it sounds like that when people talk about it. But it's actually very fair when it comes to that. Up until the final boss fight, that's always where it gets completely off the rails and punishes you after every um, failure so hard. Mm. Um, that's where the developers so, like you can't beat it too fast. <laughs> pretty much, yeah, exactly. And um, I went into it actually expecting to use save states way earlier just for my own sanity but i ended up not using a single save state up until the last boss fight and that's where i used them uh without shame because like i said that's just where the game completely goes off the rails with unfair um punishment and it's uh it's basically the same thing as with the first game where i say it's pretty much a 10 out of 10 platformer except for the boss fights. Those make for dope visuals, but gameplay-wise, I do not like them at all. Um, I also played this funny little game called Crazy Chicken Extreme, released on PC earlier this year. Um, the, uh, the, the Crazy Chicken franchise is a... <laughs> The crazy chicken that's franchise. A great <laughs> <laughs> oh god, well, okay. Yeah, no, there's some culture here. There's this German culture, German gaming culture. The Crazy Chicken franchise is a long-lasting arcade game shooter franchise. The original title is More Hoon, which is just a kind of bird. Mm. And it's I don't know if anybody like outside of Germany knows these things. But this Mohun gaming franchise was originally in the 90s a way to, um, it was a marketing scheme for some kind of whiskey brand where people in the pub could play the shooter game on a borrowed laptop. But it was so popular that it eventually got its uh, home release and somehow it's garnered like three million sequels and spin-offs it, it went outside the shooter genre um 
So, I mean, it, it was basically like Duck Hunt, the original game. That's it. Mm. And it, it went outside of that. It developed like platforming games and card racing games and every single niche shovelware genre that you could think of. And for some reason, this year, they released this new ch Crazy Chicken Extreme game that went back to the basics, but with a fancy new uh, shine to it and whatever. And I got yeah, it, it's 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 also it's just three different screens where you'd shoot these birds, the duck hunt style, and they want fifteen bucks for it, which is not really appropriate in my opinion. I guess you're just paying for the great brand name, and I I played that for like an hour losing my mind trying to unlock all the levels because you have to reach like a certain amount of points and when i finally got that i just closed the game forever uh and that's my experience with crazy chicken extreme can i before we move on can i just read the the steam description Please. for this game yeah just for the audience's benefit bang poom poom blam boom Hunt mischievous moorhoons across a missing campsite in the forest. Shoot them down in the old walls of a knight's castle. Or put your marksmanship to the test in medieval marketplace. If a wild chicken gets in a line of fire, blast it with a shot. That is literally all three of the levels, yes. <laughs> blast it with a shotgun, rocket launcher, or chicken hammer. Whatever the fuck one of those is. And then it goes on and on. <laughs> What, you don't know a chicken hammer? Come on. No, no enlightenment, like Matt. What is a chicken hammer? You smack another chicken with it, and that's a chicken hammer. It's it's funny, too, because this is pretty much shovelware level of quality, but the trailer is also partially cut like a Doom trailer, like oh, trying to trying to do this action thing, and there's a <laughs> uh, secret unlockable weapon that it's like the BFG in the final level, but it's so flat gameplay wise it's crazy the big feathered gun the bfg <laughs> nice okay that's actually you pretty should be good <laughs> yeah i should do that copy if nothing else <laughs> okay. but yeah that, that's mad but... and i i kind of want to play the kart racer now because I'm, I'm sure that's like a whole other level of dog shit i think there are like five different kart racers and they are all yeah they are all dog shit there's oh, 11 shit. games on how long to be under the crazy chicken title, which is <laughs> yeah, and absurd. <laughs> I think I added like a handful of them to the database and, and there's, there's genuinely probably reaching a hundred different titles because there's so much shovelware with the name. Mm. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that, that, Man, you were kidding when you said there was some culture to that. God damn. <laughs> that is genuinely German pop culture. Like that—that's a thing that people know here. Nice. All right. Enough about chickens. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. <clears throat> uh, I have two more games left. Uh, one is a well, very simple one. I've played Minesweeper a lot uh, this year, and this month, after months of trying to get this done, I finally beat a Minesweeper field of of a certain size. I'm using this uh, mobile app, uh, the cleanest Minesweeper or something like that. Um, it's always the top result when you look for it. And they have 
they have difficulty settings and I've been trying to clear the hardest difficulty setting for like half a year now. And earlier this year, I finally did that. Uh, to to put that on record, the field is uh, 576 fields big, Ooh. out of which are 150 mines. It is uh, significantly bigger than like the classic Microsoft Windows Minesweeper field. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I, I'm telling you that clearing that thing was one of the most uh, exciting gaming experiences I had in a while. Like that was nerve wracking to say the least. Good game though. I, I, I love Minesweeper. That's and cool. <laughs> and so that, that's uh, it. for anyone listening, that's 24 by 24. Well, it, it, yeah, well, to be exact, it was 32 by 18. That's how they did it. Uh, oh, so it's white, right. It's not a perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, but yeah, it's <clears throat> same, same result. <clears throat> um, and my final game that I've beaten recently, um, actually just yesterday, was is Narcosis, hmm. the uh, deep sea VR horror game that's on Steam, which uh, the, my main takeaway is that it's jank as fuck. I don't think it was created initially for VR, but was turned into it, and I do believe it works better in VR than on a flat screen, just atmosphere-wise. Um, but like I said, it's jank as fuck. I had a bunch of problems getting this to run smoothly, but somehow it managed to still be a great experience because it has so many good ideas in terms of psychological horror, the storytelling and the deep sea setting that it actually managed to even out the, the glaring technical jank and being in VR in the deep sea with fucked up creatures roaming around uh, was actually something that messed with me and probably something that fits well in the subject later on. I was so I'm not going to gonna say, talk more about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was funny because I was like, when we were talking originally about phobias, I was like, I don't have any phobias, but I think I lied. Like <laughs> hearing about this game, I'm like, oh, yeah. no, wait, no, I think that's it. I think that's the one. <laughs> so I've got something Very to talk nice. about when we get down there. <laughs> hey, um, okay. Actually, why don't I jump in now then? Because I only have one game that I beat this week. But uh, yeah. it was a big one. I've been playing this since like freaking july or something <laughs> June or it's july. been a couple of months for sure yeah. it's been yeah. months yeah so i finally beat ace attorney investigations to prosecutor's path yeah um i kind of i have slightly complex thoughts on this one so it isn't it, i really do like it it's very good um but i also i i think when i see like <laughs> i hate using the like, discourse but like when, when you look at online talk about this game right it's a lot of like people saying how like it's just like incredible. It's like a 10 out of 10 like masterpiece game. Um, and I'm like, I think there's been a bit of selection bias here because anyone who's played this game means that they likely played the first game, enjoyed it enough to see it through. So anyone who didn't like the first game has already fucking noped out, right? Like there's probably a small number who like went through afterwards. Um, which leads me to think that this is guaranteed an overrated game. 
Like, it's really good. It's not a masterpiece. Um, and the reason I say that is that, like, I love the Ace Attorney games. I, my fucking, you see my profile picture because of Discord. They're my favorite damn games. I love them so much. Miles is incredible. I think the I think the character arc that Miles goes through in this is corny as shit, but endearing and like pretty true. Um, again, it's an Ace Attorney game, so expect there to be a lot of talk about truth and the law and its role and whatnot. And it's all like 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 keep in mind, it's all not even close to any kind of reality, right? That's not why you need to be going into an Ace Attorney game for. It's a, it's a made-up world of the law where the law is like, you know, something that can be wielded for good or whatever. Um, but obviously, the one thing I do like about the Ace Attorney games... Yeah, you're muted there, Rick, so I don't know if you're talking. Okay. It, it didn't matter. I was being snarky. Forget <laughs> oh, that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, all of this is just like, uh, just kind of setting up the context a little bit. Um, though what I do like about these games is that usually the villains are people who are like manipulating the law incorrectly and whatnot, which is kind of neat. Like it's, and it's usually people who are like, like there's usually someone in power who's like shitty. And I kind of like this idea where it's like, hey, look, we could take down the bad folk who are, you know, in the positions and they shouldn't be, which it is a little bit of like bad appling the law a little, which I'm always like, all right, sure. That's what the problem is. Individuals within the law. <laughs> it's like, whatever. Um, but that's, uh, that's just little uh, political Alex talking, but um, my, my main, oh God, where the fuck am I going with this? There's so much in this game. <laughs> um, <laughs> my, my main issue is that these two games in particular are really long winded compared to other Ace Attorney games. Um, and that's fine. It's just, like in the sense that like there's they're just they're they're long they're just really long compared to um other ace attorney games like where some ace attorney games are like i i don't know like let's let's see what like the first one even um he's gonna use the really handy um <laughs> how long to beat to figure out the times on here um, all of these games okay. were long no, they're not really, though. The first Ace Attorney is 17 and a half hours, right? Most okay. of them t uh, come in at around um, 20 hours. Investigations is 23 hours at best. And Investigations 2 is 35 fucking hours long. Mm. It's Yikes. really fucking long. It's almost like two games in one game. And it mostly sells it because the story that it tells in this one is, is a very interesting story because it, it, the second one really delves into what is miles role as a prosecutor, right? What is, what is the difference between a defense attorney and a prosecutor? And yet he does not ever prosecute in this game. So, okay. you know, it's a whole game about him being a prosecutor, but he's a detective in the entire game. Um, and in both of them. So it sets out to investigate the role of a prosecutor without ever prosecuting, <laughs> which is fucking weird. You know, <laughs> like it's just fucking weird. I'm like, if you're going to make a game about prosecutors, why not let me just be a fucking prosecutor? Because you could actually make that interesting within the game. You could investigate and then go prosecute. But albeit it would be very similar to actual ace attorney because it's just like fine. another side of the same courtroom which right. would be fine <laughs> yes granted but um, that's yeah. no this game yeah. has ambitions okay respect yeah. this but this is also what's weird about this game they never ever ever say phoenix wright's name and he always he talks about him a lot like he'll say like that one no he literally says like that there's this one 
man who taught me the different and like like they're always hinting at at Phoenix, but they never mention him. It's like they're afraid if they mention Phoenix right in this game that people will be like, "Oh yeah, she's the protagonist, <laughs> not this jackass." And you're like, "No, we all love Miles Edgeworth. He's great. Like he fully holds his own in this game and is like really fun to play as." And it just makes it feel, you know what it feels like? It feels like when you watch a show that doesn't have the rights to another show or a show that mm-hmm. can't hire the actors. So you see like the back of their head or something in a shot and they're like, that's this guy. And you're like, yeah, it's not that, that's not that, <laughs> right? Which is extra confusing because you're like, you guys own that game. You could put Phoenix right in there if you wanted. Like, it's just a small cameo. that, And it's not, the, the funny part is, it's not even for the sake of it. It's actually relevant to the story. Like, Phoenix genuinely had a major impact on who Miles is. Because that's, the Miles we meet in this game is the Miles who has gone through a lot. Like, at least the first three games worth of character building. And he's really changing as a person. So... Yeah, I don't know. I just, I was I was so set up to, I also kind of saw who the big baddie was coming, but I also don't think that's a flaw at all of the game. It just means like the game is like setting it up properly. Um, and ultimately they don't treat it like a big reveal anyway. They treat it more like uh, an accumulation of the logic that you've gathered. Um, Cause I don't know. I sometimes see people talk about twists in game in like movies and stuff. And they're like, oh, I saw that coming. And I was like, well, yeah, if you didn't fucking see the twist coming a little bit, that probably means it's a shit twist, right? Like, it's just, like, out of nowhere, you know? Um, Like, when you get the twist, it should make sense. And, like, when this twist came, it made perfect sense. Like, it recontextualized parts of the game in satisfying and very logical ways that I was like, all right, I'm perfectly fine with this. This makes perfect sense. It was set up very well by the game. Um, I just think that this game could have used an editor. Like, there are a lot of moments where you're like, this. we didn't even need this investigation moment. Um, we're relitigating things over and over again. And it could have been cut down significantly. And part of that reason I think it's so long is because they do an interesting thing in the third case. The third case in this game is way too bloated. And it's because you get to play as Edgeworth's father for parts of it, which is really cool. And it's like, a, and they, they do it in a neat way because you play Edgeworth's father's last case And it's relating back to the one that you're doing right now. I just wish they had trimmed things a little bit. There's like, there's like a bit too much flavor text going on in this one. Like I get it. There are a lot of really fun characters from the Ace Attorney kind of universe that I love and hold dear. And a lot of them show up in this game, but like they talk a lot sometimes. (laughs) You're like, you're like, okay, I get it. You can like chill out for a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, So anyway, like it's still a nine out of 10 for me. Um, and it's like closer to like, I don't know, it's probably like 9.5 or whatever, you know, like it's, it's almost perfect. It's just requires that editing. But like, if you're not like, I've, I've always heard people say like, why was this never brought to the West? And I'm like, no, I know entirely why, because this is a game that unless you are a die hard fan of Ace Attorney, you will not enjoy this game. Like I, you just, you won't like, it's not. It requires a lot of prior knowledge. It just really does. And at that length, that translation effort's got to be gargantuan as well. Oh, oh yeah. I have to say a huge thanks to the translators. Because, yeah, their translation work, it feels like a fully licensed translation. Like, mm. it feels like um, like there is absolutely 
no indication that this was fan translated in oh. any way, shape, or form. Like it is I'm not sure. I, I just incredible. Mean, like when you're making the decision to bring it. No. Oh, no, like no. a financial decision from the company. Like you often yes, see this where yes. fan translated efforts because you're doing it on your own time and for the love of it. There's no rush. You do it right. You finish it when you finish it, sort of thing. And it's a whole different calculation, sort of thing. But yeah, no, it's there's there's loads like that where it feels like such a professional job. And, and I'd heard the Edgeworth yes. one was like that. Sure. Yeah, it, it's maybe the best fan translation I've ever seen. Like it's so mm. huge, especially uh, because they went above and beyond because. They got people to voice act the lines for the new characters. Yeah. Oh, damn. There's English voice acting in it as well. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on. For the like objections for the and the holds. and hold it uh, and stuff like that. But still. That's still fun. That's still fun. It, that is like, the, like you say, that's above yeah. and beyond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the voices they picked, especially like for Angle Ray, like I wouldn't have uh, picked any other voice for the mm. guy. Like it was spot on with the personality. Yeah they're they're very it's very great in that sense like it feels like you're just playing the actual released version of it um but i'm fully confident this will never see the light of day in the west um i just i don't see it happening <laughs> it's i am yeah. so hopeful that you're wrong and we actually get a two-pack with the first investigation and second yeah. investigation game i mean best case scenario they just buy the translation from but you probably couldn't because like it's it's such a huge team effort but um there there's a weird legal gray area there where like you know yeah fans have done this but then like how do you legally actually acquire it and they would just they would still have to translate it on their own probably because and also how many people at that point have played it already that way and aren't bothered i think it's similar to the mother three situation (laughs) where the the quality of the fan translation almost guarantees that there will never be an official release and this is the thing too, where like, this has been out for so long, right? Like mm. so long. And because you look at something like um, the great Ace Attorney, right? Um, there was a situation wherein they release, you know, um, they're like releasing this collection in the West. There were translations of the first game, but the second game wasn't finished when they released it. So mm-hmm. like like translation fan translation wise. So there you have a case of Capcom kind of actually getting out ahead of the curve a little bit, right? Of course, because they stopped. I remember Pally, you were gonna like play it and they'd canceled the translation because that was coming. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So in this case though, it's a little different because it's like, well, I mean, case in point, me, I've this is this is it. Like after playing this, I've now played every single Ace Attorney game. Um mm. except for the arcade game that they have in the in Japan. <laughs> There's like a I beg your pardon. Yeah, there's an investigation. Arcade. There's an investigations arcade cabinet where you actually go and you do and you investigate like crime scenes. Um, it's a thing. You can look it up. Um, uh, it's, I mean, if anyone here's click clacking, that is my keyboard. That's 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 yeah. It's the only one that uh, I've never played, but I've beaten all the rest. And so if I've beaten all of them, I'm their target market in the West. You know what I yes. mean? Like I'm the motherfucker yeah. who's gonna buy their shit. I bought the Grace Ace Attorney collection. So I'm like, who's going to buy it? You put it out and like, maybe there'll be some interested folk, but I feel like your numbers are going to be really low. Although realistically, I'd fucking buy it to just get more Ace Attorney. <laughs> I'd be like, yep. release more. But still, I don't know. I would prefer at this point that they just go make something new. Uh, it, it, this exists out there for those who want to play it. It's really easy to get because it's a DS game. I emulated it on my 3DS. Go to town. Did you find it, Rick? I mean, it's on your phone. It's I have easy. to say, I'm like, struggling. No. Mm. 
Sorry, I gotta say, like it being it having a fan translation or like it having like it being released like so long ago is no indication of oh this game is never gonna get localized because I have two examples. First of all, Amnesia Grounded and Later, the ones that I was mm. in the team translate fan translating the game, uh, actually got both a Switch release and a localization this year, like. The last year it got the Switch release, this year got the... Or was it? I don't know. The The point is that game, that it was a beta game, like from, I want to say, like from the start of the beta life, got a re-release as a Switch game and then a Fantasy And then we have the other recent uh, localization thing, that is Chaos Ternoa. That is from the science adventure games. That's being said is case heads, things get robotic notes, etc. The game is old as fuck. Like the original Chaos Head was released, I don't know when. It was the first science adventure games. And I think the Chaos Head Noah game was the re release was released for the 360, if I remember correctly. There wasn't a fan effort to make a PC port of, out of it. And out of nowhere, out of left field, they announced both uh, a PC port, a PlayStation Switch port, I think, hmm. and a localization, and it is out now. Yeah. Years after the fact. So. The exception proved the rule, though. Like, it, it, it happens, not likely to happen. Let me put it this way. I like because I, I totally agree. With you. Of course, it's possible. I don't fucking know what Capcom wants to do, but um, I think the only way we see it is if they decide they're going to make a new game with Miles. Because um, otherwise, I just don't see much of the reason why they're going to put it out there, um, especially with the series yeah. seemingly going in different directions. You know, because um, Miles hasn't really been in many of the Ace Attorney games in a long time. Yeah, you have a point there, because in the case of Chaos Head, they are bringing also the, I want to say final game, but I don't know if it's going to be the final game for the Science Adventure series. Mm. And they're supposed to be joining like characters from all three branches of the narrative. So that yeah. could be the reason for example. Yeah, there's always mm -hmm. some kind of marketing reason, right? I mean, these are big companies. They've, they've got some kind of reason. But anyway, I I, like, I, I still loved it. It was just long. and um, But I will not recommend this to you, Rick. Because <laughs> I remember I said, maybe you could try these games. No, this is not the one for you. No, you have uh, to, like, Aces or need to really enjoy. Yeah. I've accepted that the legal moon, moon logic in that series just makes it not work for me and this one would drive you fucking nuts because the 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 leaps of logic like <laughs> now that being said the logic they do logic play in here that's really fun but like <clears throat> the loops they have to go through to like make it time sensitive it's also just really funny because you have a bunch of like criminals confessing things outside of a courtroom and you're like where are their lawyers <laughs> it's just like it's you know what i mean like it's this moment yeah. where it's like anyway but it doesn't matter that's not what these games are about right the games are just about fun um legal battles and catching people contradictions and hearing that nah, 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 music kick in when you're like in the heat of it and like listen i won't lie when that music kicks in in this game i'm just like fuck yeah fuck yeah i'm like that's right motherfucker i got you you know you're like get ready to there's one thing down. i can appreciate about this series it is absolutely the soundtrack the soundtrack, oh, the soundtrack. for sure Oh, it's so good. I I love them so much. I used them in like a film that I made, like a big uh, fucking uh, 
theater production like feature film that i did i like scored it with a bunch of ace attorney songs that no one nice. no one recognized them except a couple people were like shit wasn't that from and i'm like yeah it was <laughs> this is the plot twist where one of capcom's lawyers listens to this podcast yeah they'll never <laughs> be able to find that video <laughs> yeah i mean they can actually no they are they already make royalties off of it because when you upload it it like they they get oh. it immediately so anything that comes through Sorry, they, they Jen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's how they do it uh anyway rick why don't you regale us with your fucking massive list <laughs> yeah so i i again have been a busy busy bee i've got five completions uh the first of them is is a bit of a a, a parallel to, to alex and matt in that i've also been plugging away at one of my completions for like six months um, and that is namely Risk of Rain 2, specifically uh, the Survivors of the Void DLC. So I don't know if I've actually played, because we've all played Risk of Rain together in one capacity or another. Um, the Survivors of the Void DLC came out in March. Um, it expands the game in a few core ways. Um, there's two new characters, one of whom you've unlocked from the start. Um, there's various slight amendments to enemy configurations, enemy types, elite uh, modifiers. Um, there is also um, a new category of item called voided items, um, and they are um, like variations on a theme. So, for example, um, there's an item in the base game called Bustling Fungus, uh, which when you stand still, rapidly heals you. Uh, there's a voided version of that item, which heals you when sprinting. But what it does is it corrupts all the bustling funguses in your inventory, so you can have one or the other, not both. Uh, there's a voided version of the ukulele that I try to avoid because it's not as good as the ukulele. And uh, as anyone who's ever played Risk of Rain with me knows, it's not ukulele, it's Michaelele. Uh -huh. um, yeah, every time a ukulele <laughs> appears, I just hear Rick. Like, he's got like a sixth sense for the ukuleles. Sometimes yeah. he doesn't even I've see got, it and he's just like, ukulele! <laughs> I've got universal ukulele dibs, that's just fact. Uh, the, the other important thing that this game adds is a brand new end game. So there is a like ethereal shop in the game that you can sometimes access called the Bazaar Between Time or Bazaar Between Worlds, I forget. Um, there is a secret entrance to the void in the back of that place. Uh, there's a few ways you can access the void. That's the most reliable way of doing it. Um, if you clear that void, that takes you to a brand new endgame area. And beyond that area, there's a new three-stage endgame boss. Um, it is no exaggeration to say that my brother and I, since this DLC came out in March, have been on and off like bashing our heads against the void path trying to complete it and uh, we hadn't played for a few weeks and as of recording the wednesday i think it was the 19th yes it was wednesday um we both had some free time we said but we'll give it a go we'll see how it goes um he played as loader i played as rex the run went perfectly and we did it i think we didn't really have a problem with the boss because we've got quite good synergy with that so for anyone who's played the game, Loader is like a melee-focused um, character who builds up shield when he's attacking enemies or when she's attacking enemies. So as long as you're on the offensive and hitting, which is easy to do with bosses, you generally speaking can out-heal any damage they give to you. Uh, Rex is a ranged character focused on weakening. Um, he has ways of healing, and he can also kind of spam his secondary attack, which makes him very, very potent. Um, and also, I managed to get an item which made my run really, really, really good. So... Um, most characters have a uh, mobility skill on shift playing on PC. Uh, Rex is, is pretty shit. It's like a little sort of, um, force push forward. Like it's, it's designed to like give you some area denial, but it's really ineffective. Um, I picked up one called shadow flare, which makes you invincible and heals you, um, for a period of time. Um, it turns you into a little ball of shadow, so you can't attack, but it's really good at, at like 
getting you out of danger and, and building your health back up. Uh, I also picked up uh, a red tier item, which gave me three of that skill um, and reduced its cooldown. So what I was able to do is spam my secondary, which takes a portion of my health, but allows you to use it unlimited, not on a cooldown, and then drop the shadow flares, heal back up, rinse and repeat and repeat and rinse. After that, it was plain sailing. I can't remember the last time I felt so euphoric hitting the end game of <laughs> any game. It felt incredible. The, the game is phenomenal. The base game has always been phenomenal. Uh, the Void is like a dark, purple, gritty cherry on that cake. And um, if, if anyone's listening and likes the base game, I can't recommend The Void highly enough. It's added another sort of 30 hours or so of gameplay on top of like 40, 50 hours that we'd already played in the base game. It's really, really good. Um, enough of me gushing about Risk of Rank. You should all get it and we should all play it. In fact, you don't need we to get it because my brother doesn't have it. You can actually play The Void content as long as one person has it and they're hosting. Oh. So... <clears throat> There you go. In fact, to be fair, I think, Matt, we're playing Friday, aren't we? With, um, we are. With friend of the podcast, Abitage, um, and my brother. So maybe we'll play a Void campaign. We'll see. Okay. Uh, right. Enough risk of rain. Uh, my next completion was Jack Move for the Switch. This is a little um, short and sweet solo effort RPG. Great game. Really knows what it's doing. Uh, it's like a six-hour completion. I suppose the interesting thing from the perspective of playing it is that the game gives you a lot of options with combat. So um, there's a system called patching. So you have enough blocks to have like four or five abilities at any one time. But the most powerful abilities, the most powerful attacking abilities and healing and other things, you can't fit it all in at the same time. So what you can do is you can use a, a, a turn to patch and that's just switching your load out in real time. Um, it's a really cool setup. You only really need to use it on the final boss, but that final boss battle was like a 20, 25 minute fight that really tests your ability to work in and around that combat system. And, and I actually think it worked really well as a culmination, um, of everything the game had done thus far. Uh, the aesthetic's wonderful. It's like, uh, a 32 bit, but a little bit brighter. It, it's almost 2D HD. But the background, like environmental design, is also the the high fidelity pixel art rather than um, like three D assets and polygons. Um, the soundtrack, fantastic. Had it bouncing around in my head all day when I wasn't playing the game. Um, there's not really any downsides to it. I think if anything, it could have been a tad longer. But I actually like that it that it didn't try and pad itself out. And, and that was the feeling that I had going into it, and that's held through. So anyone who's played or been sort of pining for a shorter RPG experience, uh, a cyberpunk world that doesn't have any unintentional bugs in it, uh, <clears throat> it, it's one I can really, really easily recommend. And it's on all the platforms. I played it on Switch, but PC, Xbox, PlayStation, it's everywhere that you want to play it. Um, what I wouldn't recommend is McDonald's Treasureland Adventure for Genesis. Oh, Come on. So, no, 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 no. So, it, it, <laughs> no. <laughs> it is an interesting piece of history in that it was like, alongside Gunstar Heroes, one of the first games Treasure ever released. And weirdly, there are kind of slight shades of Gunstar in this, despite how different a game it is. Um, outside of that curiosity and that, that piece of history, and, and for context, I am embarking on like a, a playthrough of everything Treasure have ever released. 
because that oh. that company that company is supposed to be coming back and releasing new games, but that company's gone. They Treasure no longer exists, unfortunately. Um, what whatever shell is there with its name is not the treasure that made those classic games. Um, that's the only reason I even knew about this game, let alone elected to play it. Um, it's also just a bit of a mind fuck as a, a piece of sort of corporate propaganda for a fast food chain that had their, their clown mascot and the Hamburglar and all the other weird, like, mascot creatures that existed at that place and time in the world. Outside of that, it's just not worth playing. Like, at best, it's a, a by-the-numbers platformer, like mascot platformer, with some slight inversions. So, for example, the boss battles involve you letting the boss absorb one of your energy pieces, one of your health points, and then attacking them while they're busy eating. Oh. And that's the same for every boss, albeit the bosses have slightly different setups. It's interesting the first time, it's fucking annoying on the final boss because <laughs> the final boss is moving. It's like a Benny Hill sketch with Ronald McDonald and a lizard because you've got three three tiers of like revolving corridors with matching doors and you go in one door, it pops you out of another door on a different level and he only aims upwards to take your health. So you have to bide your time until he's pointing upwards and hope that A, you can get it to the point where you can eat your health in time and B, hope that there's a door corresponding that can take you safely to the point where you can get the one hit point you're allowed of damage to do to him in time before he moves. It's just a fucking exercise in tedium and frustration. Um, and, and that, in a lot of respects, goes for most of the game. I think if you really want to experience it, I would say play the first level, watch the rest on YouTube. Yeah, I because have to say... Sorry. Oh, I have to ahead. say, the, the sprite art looks fucking amazing. Uh, so many weird characters, too. It actually yes. looks interesting. And I'll bet if you were playing high at the time, it would have been <laughs> a hell of an experience. The oh, sprite God. work is good. You're right. And the, the music's okay as well. But uh, mechanically, at best, it's mediocre. At worst, it's quite frustrating. So uh, outside of its place in history, it's really hard to justify spending even, you know, the 90 minutes or so it's going to take to complete it. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't really have a good way to transition from that. Like, it, it, Hero it's Blaster! <laughs> it's great. So, <laughs> thank you. So, Hero Blaster is a game by, um, I'm going to get his name right, Daisuke Amaya, who is the man behind Cave Story. Um, oh. And this feels very, very similar, albeit the sprites are a lot bigger. Um, it's a lot more zoomed in. So where Cave Story is a very expansive sort of frame as you're playing and your character is tiny, exploring this big um, this big environment. Carablaster is you as a, a frog with a gun and eventually a jetpack, running through levels, killing like black goo. It, it's a lot more straightforward, but it does it really, really, really well. Um, you feel quite floaty in a very similar way to Cave Story. Like Cave Story, it does the really cool thing where when you start shooting, it locks your orientation so you can strafe really easily. Um, it's not a super long game. I have to say that the um, how long to beat times for it, I think, are a little bit inflated because it, it goes from like four to nine hours. My, my first run I completed in just over two hours. Um, so I don't know if maybe I'm having an easier time having played Cave Story and people are coming fresh to it and struggling. I, I don't know. Um, it's not hard, but it's also not going to hold your hand either. There are 
moments where it will test your ability a little bit. Um, surprising amount of depth, both in terms of uh, weapon and level variety. Uh, really nice singular experience. There's definitely replay value there to play it again and complete sort of the, the minimal upgrade paths for things. Just a really good time. And I played it on Switch and you can get it regularly on sale there. I think I paid like £3.50 for it. I think at that price, it's perfect. And I think even at full price, if you know you like Cave Story and you like that kind of experience, I think it's justifiable at that price. Um, had a really, really good time with that one. And equally, had a very good time uh, with my final completion, Castlevania The Adventure Rebirth um, for the now defunct WiiWare service. So this is one I've been meaning to play for a while. Um, regular listeners will know a couple of months back, I played Castlevania The Adventure via the anniversary collection. So that was the original Game Boy Castlevania game. Not a good game. Again, piece of history, but outright quite a bad game. Um, what happened in the WiiWare era is um, M2, famed sort of port and remaster house, uh, were tasked with remaking a few classic Castlevania properties. Um, they remade, I think, the original Contra. They remade Gradius. And they remade Castlevania The Adventure. Much better sprites. Some ideas carried through, but to all intents and purposes, this is a brand new Castlevania game. Um, and it delivers. So it's a really nice halfway house between um, the original Castlevania, which I know we're going to talk a bit more about um, when we come to playing, um, and like the initial Egovania, so like Circle of the Moon, where it, it's much more fluid, but you have a little bit of clunkiness. So you can change direction midair, which you couldn't previously um, in the original The Adventure. Uh, stairs are... Similarly, slightly awkward, but they're much better in terms of implementation. Um, I can think of maybe once or twice where I felt like the stairs actively um, sabotaged me. It was much higher in um, in the original. Um, and a lot of the enemy designs are nice halfway house as well. So your Medusa heads and your leprechauns, um, some of the other trickier enemies felt challenging but fair in a way that the adventure and original Castlevania, they just didn't. I the original Castlevania in particular, um, obviously you guys remember from last week, fucking hated them. Was not happy with that. Um, did still abuse safe states a little bit, um, mainly because I quite like to keep the cross all through on the the classic Castlevanias because it makes the boss fights much more manageable. Um, that said, definitely didn't feel necessary. And I'm pretty confident that you could do a run without save states. It's just I was emulating this because that's the only way you can get it nowadays. And, you know, if it's there, you're much more tempted to use it. Really, really great. And among the best Dracula boss fights, I think, in any of these games, um, really big fan of the way they played that out this time. So uh, well worth dusting off a copy of Dolphin, a copy of Dolphin, an install of Dolphin to play this one. <laughs> Nice piece of Castlevania history. One of the better sort of original Castlevania-style games I, I think there are. Um, had a great time with it. I've waffled enough. Now, Pala, you've not completed anything this week, so if we bundle yeah. straight through to retirement, and if I can um, pull you back in for this, Matt, you've got uh, a soft but potentially very controversial retirement do you want to touch mm -hmm. on it quickly with it well both of my games are soft retirements and i wouldn't oh, okay. dare i wouldn't dare to fully retire either of them uh the first one the one that you were alluding to is hollow knight that i've been playing 
uh, over the couple past years, uh, years, months, um, which is a game that I've been uh, kind of scared of for a long time because I do love the bug aesthetic, obviously. Mm. I love everything about that, but I'm not a big Metroidvania kind of person. Oh, God. I'm seeing, I'm seeing. Uh... <laughs> the listeners, I've just held up my Hollow Knight figurine because I'm very sad. <laughs> I have a whole retinue of them sitting by my, under my TV. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, listen, the only so reason why I'm, why I'm soft retiring this is because I want to get back to it when I have more time and brain power for it. Because it's, uh, for me, uh, Metroidvanias especially are for me kind of exhausting mentally. Mm -hmm. And I'm at a point now in the game where I really have to dig for progression. Mm -hmm. I've already um, started looking up some hints uh, recently, which I don't want to do too much. But, you know, uh, sometimes it just has to, has to do. And yeah, I, I'm definitely going back to this, probably like not too far in the future either. And but right now it just doesn't fit in the schedule, so to say. Um it, it's a pretty big game too. Like I get I, it. I, yeah. I get why people bounce off of it. Like I find it it's like perfection for me, but I also recognize the type of game it yeah. is, you know? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There's so much going. Also, like Metroidvanias are dope, and the game does this genre pretty much perfectly. I would agree, but it's still a lot of running around. Uh, and once you like seen all dead ends that you perceive at, as dead ends, you do get like a a, a lack of motivation, I guess, to it's really fair. find something new. It can be difficult at points. I think that's just where I'm at right now a little bit. Um, but I'm getting back to it. Uh, also, I owe it uh, to to um friend of the podcast, Dune, because he, he gifted me this game. I would never dare to disappoint him. <laughs> yes, we must. <laughs> and my other game that I've soft retired... Um, it's called Eternal War Shadows of Light, which is a Christian Quake mod shooter oh. that I've stumbled upon earlier this year and I've been like plucking away at. And again, I don't want to disappoint the person that gifted this to me, God himself in the <laughs> sky. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, it's generally... God gifted us every game. By his grace, he put the people who made them on this earth. <laughs> exactly. I also, uh, I find it funny that this is the second time I'm on the podcast, and again I'm talking about a Christian game. But this is I just this con I read about this on the internet randomly. I don't know how, but the concept is basically that you are an angel mm. sent by God into the disturbed mind of a depressed teenager to literally shoot the demons that are making him depressed. It's oh, it's God. wild. Could and it be society I'm... or is it demons? <laughs> <laughs> Why not both? Yeah, right, exactly. But it's good. It, it's, um, I need to see this thing end. Even if it takes me years, I need to plug away at it until I see the finale of this. It's just such a wild concept. Mm. But again, 
doesn't fit in the schedule right now, so I'm gonna come back to this later. Um, and that's all my yeah, that's all my retirement. So if anyone wants to volunteer well, to continue. Speaking of kind of probably coming back to, I sort of retired lost in random. I was actually thinking about this because I I had it in my playing and I was like, I actually haven't played this all week. And like, you know how sometimes you just you play a game and you're like, there's nothing really wrong with it. I just no you know and like that's that's how i feel with it i don't know what it is you know you know what the problem is i think and this is this is an on me thing and this is a terrible habit but like when it comes to switch games at least right now i don't have a commute because my my partner is is off uh in uh another city for a month and so i'm using you know kind of our car for everything and usually i have a bus commute when i go like substituting and stuff so my switch is great for that i can sit down and just play it but when i don't have that commute I tend to just plunk my ass in front of my TV and want to watch something while playing a game. So anything I play on my Switch has to be like borderline brainless or like kind of roguelite, you know what I mean? Where it's like, I don't have to like focus on narrative. I can just focus purely on gameplay. This game has a narrative and there's a narrator who's like talking like all the time. And I'm like, this is not going to work. So I just kind of was like, I'm done. It's also like, I'm not like super impressed right now. Art style wise, extremely impressed. It's beautiful. Like Tim Burton-esque looks or like Paranorman kind of style, like really beautiful, like claymation-esque look to it. Um, But again, just like mechanically, it's it's feeling a little bit clunky at the moment. Um, And so I'm just kind of like, uh, maybe I'll come back to this later. Maybe when I've got, you know, fucking commute and i'm just like all right i'll sit down and i'll, and I'll pound this one out but for now tis on the retirement pile uh and what about you rick I, i've been hearing a lot about rain world so i'm curious about your, your thoughts on and it's interesting that you talk about you know it, it's just not the right thing and i think rain world for me really is another wrong place wrong time sort of situation for it so uh rain world is a pretty hardcore um sort of minimalistic survival game or at least that's the vibe i got from it in the short time i played with it um the aesthetic is really cool like it's it's flat 2d but there's like a soft pixelation effect um and your character and some of the enemies enemies they move in a a very fluid but also slightly ragdolly way um and the rain in this world is like all-consuming death so if you get caught out in the rain game over man um so there's like an emphasis on exploring, but also getting the food you need and getting to somewhere of shelter in time to hibernate when the rain comes. There's definitely something there. To reiterate what I said, wrong place, wrong time. It, it, I just wasn't feeling it. Um, so soft retirement's maybe a term for it. I think it's more a case of, for me, I've, I've put it uh, back onto the backlog. Leave it where it is for now. It's quite a big install as well. It's like, for the game, it is, it, it's like four or five gigs. And I'm trying to clear some space on my on my SSD at the moment. So one of the things I'm doing with my PC games is trying to play a few of the bigger ones and either, yes, that's great, let's play it and then take it off, or, you know, not so hot, let's put it away and we can come back to it another time kind of thing. And Rain World, unfortunately, fell on the latter side. Uh, one that I'm a lot less likely to ever come back to is Evoland, and this is my other retirement. Um, so the, the concept behind Evoland, and the, there's two games, and it's quite topical because the the combo pack has just gone free on epic game store at the time of recording um the concept is rpg but play through the history of rpg development and mechanics 
which sounds great until you stop and think about it. Because what that means is you're going to have to play through every quality of life improvement <laughs> until you get, get it. Let me rephrase that. You're going to have to play without every single quality of life improvement for at least part of the game. And you're slowly going to claw those things back in. And that is a massive drawback. What you have when you strip away that gimmick is a really mediocre RPG that thinks it's way cleverer than it is. So there's loads of like little jokes, like um, just before I gave up on it, it was like the first proper dungeon and you pick up a powered up sword that is not legally distinct from it, it is just the, the asset of the Buster Sword from Final Fantasy VII. And it says, you got a mega sword. And the caption is, looks familiar? Question marks. Oh, fuck you. Like, yeah, it's just not, it's not that smart. It's a nice little like, gamer nugget. You don't appreciate it because you're not a real gamer. No, 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 no. No. I don't appreciate it because obviously I recognize it. Like that album in the room is like, uh, Buster Sword? Yeah, you like? Like, no, that that's pandering Do you remember? to the. I remember. <laughs> oh, there you go. Better games as well, which is also part of the problem. Like, it's not a good game. It just has this gimmick. Now, the sequel is supposed to be better. I have both um, on Android, so I've deleted the original Evo Land. I might give the, the sequel another go um, down the line, but I, I saw no reason to carry on playing the first game, um, and that's why that got retired. Well, um, again... Yep, let, let's crack on. So there's no retirements from Paola. So let's go through uh, to what we're playing. Um, now, do we give the guests the first go again, or do we give Paola the opportunity to jump in? I think we go to Paola for now. Let's do Paola. The guest has spoken. Tell us about your playthroughs, Paola, this week. <laughs> the guest has spoken. <laughs> <laughs> I defer to also the has, reached, has reached a conclusion. Uh... Oh no, break is broken. Yeah, it's all right. You keep talking. I'm just going to stay breaking. Yeah, there you go. Okie dokie. So, I. Sorry, it's just too distracting. I'll, I'll turn my camera off. You crack on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, I am still playing Pure Faded Memories. This time I did make some progress. So, I'm currently, I finished all of the new. Nicola's stuff, and now I'm into the second route, that is Jang's. And the thing about it is that next, last time I said, oh, I could, like, um, for sake of continuity, um, play the route from Fading Memories and then continue on to the route of the sequel, 1926. And the thing is, I can't, because I promised a friend that I will... I would wait for her to have her a copy, which, by the way, I have in my in my in my shelf in my shelf some somewhere. And so I have to wait until we meet up. I give her her copy of the game, and then I can play nineteen twenty six. So the the game plan now is to finish all of your fury, all the six seven each route of the game with all the corresponding endings and then whenever we meet up with my friend we just start playing uh, the sequel so that's uh, the plan right now moving on to a link to the past well 
I've done nothing. I don't know why the game is there. So <laughs> let me remove that from the agenda real quick. The <laughs> other game that I, I've been playing for the last month now is Guardian Tales. I haven't looked like anything new. There's currently an event. Um, they're doing a crossover with the anime Slayers. I don't know if any of you have heard about it. Is that? But they... No, that's Demon Slayer, the one with the, the guy in the green and black coat. Is that the same Yeah, thing? that's Demon Slayer. Um, Slayers, I think the light novel started as like a D&D campaign go oh. gone places. And then the the writer decided, hey, we had this very stupid adventure. How about I made a novel out of it? And then, make some money. Or, <laughs> or like at least that's the thing that I've been hearing about it. I I can't even find the information besides the rumors to over it. But that's the thing that everyone says, like, oh, this is a DNG or a roleplay campaign on places and then they made the light novel and then they made the manga and the um and the anime about it. So there's three characters that are currently on the banner. Two characters on the banner, one you get for free. And those are the protagonist uh Rina and Gaudi. And one of the villains, which name I cannot remember for fuck's sake. And um, I got Rina and Gaudi because Gaudi is the free one. And I got so lucky with Rina because it was it was on my first temple. So it was like, hey, I'm not even mad. That's amazing. Now I'm trying to pull the weapon. And the character is extremely broken. It is totally meta. And I'm very happy about it because now the only thing I have to do is to farm those um, yeah, things to, to level her up and limit break her. And I only have so much time for it because once the banner is gone, I cannot get her... Um, I cannot remember the name of the thing. But the things you you use to um, rank the hero up. I'm not gonna lie. Well, hey, if least... you're uh, if oh, you're running what? out of time, you could uh, pay them some money and they'll let you have it. I am not paying <laughs> them money. I was about to say. <laughs> I was like, ten percent of what you said sounded like a foreign like language to me. <laughs> like just like the different words. I'm like, oh man, the banners and all this stuff. It's good. But hey, it sounds like you're having fun. I'm realizing I'm just I'm getting old. I'm like the older, like younger generation of like gaming with like all the gotcha stuff. I'm like I don't understand any of it anymore. What's happening to me? What, what do the kids see in this? You know, no, I mean, look, I get it. It sounds like something I would have become fully addicted to at some point if I touch it. So I'm not going near mm. it because it sounds like you're having a good time. And I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, I think that's it for guardian tales. I'll just continue farming the materials for Rina and for the Amovanito, the pretty monster, or Garam, which is the actual name of the character. Mm. Which, by the way, he's like the second strongest character in my entire team. 
from all the characters that I pulled so far. So I might have gone a, a bit a little bit overboard, like saving up stuff before actually getting the character. But I'm not even that bad. I'm I'm just happy. So the other game that I played that uh is totally separated like from the Gacha World, thankfully, is Pokemon White. I've eaten the first gym. I didn't have a lot of trouble with it, strangely enough. Only because I had a Pokemon that First of all, could uh, counter the type of the gym in this case, since I got the fire starter, this gym was the um the water gym because they choose they pick a Pokemon that is strong ag against your starter, and I had a grass type that was shroomish, and since I also had um both effect sport, which means that any contact move um, done to the Pokemon or like or that the Pokemon does, that means the other Pokemon can get a status condition, which is either, I think for the uh, effect sport is either sleep, paralyzed, or poisoned. Yeah, not burned in this, in this case. And also I had, um, not for the paralyzed thingy that oh my god i cannot remember the pokemon moves someone can help it's a move that i None never use for competitive so you're good. <laughs> yeah. now if it's paralyzed shouldn't it be spore i think that's right stun spore, spore is for stun spore that's the thing damn you. i remembered oh, it all okay. right well <laughs> never mind <laughs> i, I never I used it for competitive so i I don't remember the name of the move. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I never played competitive. Like, oh, none of so. us can remember those. It was like, oh, yeah, I know the one. <laughs> I should have realized my Pokemon knowledge goes deep. <laughs> uh, lack of sleep is getting to me. Um, It'll do that. <laughs> too much gotcha. Yeah, like, I, uh, off topic completely, but I was up until... Three in the morning, four in the morning, I don't know. Uh, because I was at a friend's house playing with seven other players, uh, a battle royale of eight players, Mythos and Legendas, or Mythos and Legends. The card game I talked ah. about last week. So, if you play cards, any, any type of uh, trading card game, play it as God intended, one-on-one. -on -one. Because no. battle royales take a fuck ton of time. Yeah, I remember Magic playing battle royale. It's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome, but it takes. It took us like six hours <laughs> to resolve uh, the match, and two of our players completely lost their sanity. My boyfriend right. included. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. Like, when will it end? <laughs> but uh, actually, speaking it, of never ending. You're back on the age, <laughs> the age train. Yeah, I am back into the age of vampires for train, and I don't know why I was out like for so long. Oh, probably because time. Thank you, university. <laughs> Thank you, real life. <laughs> Thank you, being social. Um, all terrible things. <laughs> yeah. All terrible things. Yeah, absolutely. Priorities, SMH. <laughs> and. 
I next week I think is it this week or next week? But at the end of October, there's gonna be a very big up, up, update, sorry, okay. where they will add the Ottomans and the Malians finally and the uh, water rework, which means there's gonna be a rock, paper, scissors mechanic to the chips. There's gonna be a complete rework on how some chips work or how, or how their stats are distributed. And there's gonna be, I think, eight new maps in total. Some of them water, some of them land, some of them mixed. I'm I'm very excited for it. So I'm preparing for the change of the season. I haven't played a multiplayer because I was a bit rusty, so I started playing with a normal uh, AI. Then with the hard AI, and I'm just to test my skills with the hardest AI. It's crazy how fast the skills drop, eh? Like, it it makes me realize how much these pro players play because, like, I hear you. Like, you, you know, you play and then you get to a point where, like, you feel like you're just nailing it and then all of a sudden you drop it for, like, a couple days and you come back and you're like, huh? What's the button? <laughs> <laughs> like, with, with these RTSs in particular, you know? Yeah, yeah it happens a lot. Uh, the good things that I have good memory and what my build was because, like, I practice it so many times that it's become like muscle memory at this point. Mm -hmm. The point is having my muscles do the thing fast. Like, that's the thing that I'm still failing at. Which is kind of sad because I was getting there like before dropping out of Age of Empires for for a while. Mm -hmm. But anyway, Expect more Age of Empires 4. Expect maybe Ottomans and Malian shenanigans. Expect me driving my boyfriend back into the game. Oh no, what did you say, Rick? <laughs> Shimalians, if you will. Sorry, all I was thinking was expect me when the clock tolls one. <laughs> I just had a lot of Christmas <laughs> carol. Shimalians. Oh, oh, <laughs> expect me at this. Expect me. <laughs> Uh, my brain's broken today. Smash Brothers! <laughs> yeah, I played a little bit of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate with my nephew during this weekend because I was taking care of him like a little bit during the week because of reasons. Uh, so we played some Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh -huh. And let me say, Steve is so fucking annoying in Smash. <laughs> The Minecraft guy, right? That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Minecraft guy, <laughs> yeah. I always say there's a place for a Steve because, I don't know, There's that's a meme that's rose somewhere in my background at some point with my boyfriend that we always say there's always a place for a Steve. But I don't know, man. Steve from uh, Minecraft and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, he can just put blocks whenever he, he wants. He just um pulls like um minecart out of nowhere and makes you like go off the screen i'm so thankful my nephew still hasn't like discovered all the tricks steve has <laughs> but he has practiced and he told me i practice this 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 specific combo just so i can try to beat you mm. and it was like trying to put like the lab on the floor and i don't know the rest of the combo really but I play a, a character that uses a counter that is scoring, and there's 
and he just grabs me with a vision rod and that negates the counter because you have to get hit to get the counter and just puts a piston out of nowhere and uh, fires me off the screen. Hopefully, I'm not rusty in Super Smash Brothers, so I can get back re really quickly. Soon but still, it's fucking annoying! <laughs> <laughs> the piston is annoying, the lava is... Okay, I guess. Like, um... I know the name is Spanish for the thing, but he just drops like this metal thing out of the sky, which like the name I always no, not the minecart, the thing you um uh, yeah the pickaxe? pickaxe. No, not the pickaxe. The never mind. Is it, I will is find it the shaped word. like this? It is shaped like this. And the that's anvil. it, absolutely. The thing that you craft anvil. on top of. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. No? What, what was the name yes. for it? Anvil. 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 Yeah, the anvil. Oh my god, that's a Guess word I haven't heard that. <laughs> well, that is a really specific that's word. A new yeah, word that's for fair. Me, actually. <laughs> it is, yeah. That you never really ever need to use. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, Steve is overall just a troll character, and I'm happy for it because there's my Nathan just playing it, and if he's happy, I'm happy. But still, I don't like playing against it, especially <laughs> since my nephew is getting better. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's everything I got for the playing section. Much. Take, take us away now. Just tell us about the ooey yeah. ooey. <laughs> <laughs> the what now? Um, <laughs> you'll, you'll understand. <laughs> no, I think I, I know what you mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so I've been playing the new horror game Scorn that released, uh, I think, this month, earlier this month, which is, if you haven't seen the trailer or anything, it is a, a heavily visual experience, I would say. It's set in a world that's extremely based on artwork by H.R. Geiger and like Begzinski, if that means something to you. That's another like um, gloomy painter that gets shared around a lot uh, online. And um, th uh, um, <laughs> the trailer dropped this year and it looked absolutely amazing because the entire world was so otherworldly and completely unrecognizable in terms of realism, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I've just rarely seen a video game that has such elaborate outlandish world design. Mm -hmm. And it all is like dark, gloomy, veiny, fleshy, visceral disgustingness. Um, and I was super, super hyped for it. It, really, it, it, it dropped on Game Pass immediately. So I got on it on day one, pretty much. And I wasn't even sure what kind of gameplay I was going to uh, get. Um, I was just in, for, in there for the visuals, mostly. And the gameplay, I'm like two hours in. So far, it is um, mostly exploration-based puzzling, mm. um, where, you, uh, where you use... Um, 
the the flashiest, weirdest mechanics while you go through this visceral but also industrial nightmare world, trying to make your way through uh, through environments of decay and death and weird things going on. It's so strange visually that it actually messes with your percep or with my perception sometimes because there is just nothing um familiar in the environment oftentimes it just feels it seems so strange and all of that while never really repeating itself it's not like they created a bunch of assets and placed them everywhere every single room seems legitimately crafted by hand and that is incredibly impressive to me. The gameplay, the puzzles so far have been uh, completely um, satisfying enough to keep me going. Um, the vibe is, is all in all the strongest part still. And there have been, from where I've gotten so far, there have been a few enemy encounters as well by now, which... Like, the creature designs alone are, as expected, completely original and disgusting and amazing. I love those. Um, but they have been used sparingly so far. And I do genuinely hope it stays sparingly. I do not want this game to become a full-on shooter, which I'm not sure yet if it will. Um, the only weapon that I have so far isn't even a proper gun. It's more like a, um, a, uh, it, it, it's, it, it's shaped like a pistol, but it shoots out a metal rod. Um, hydraulic like little thruster thing. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah, that sort of thing. It's not a, an actual bullet that, like, flies through the room or whatever. You have it's to like be actually close. Like, where they, like, just put it on its head and it goes... Yeah, 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 that sort of thing. That's actually a very good, like, example, Oof. yeah. <laughs> And um, I do, <laughs> I do generally hope um, the focus stays more on the puzzling. If it does throughout the game, then this might be uh, a game of the year contender for me. Um, but if it does eventually delve too much into the shooter or action stuff, that might break it for me eventually. So I'm very careful right now. But the first impression is genuinely amazing. Um, um, after that, uh, a game that I've been playing for a long time now is the Phasmophobia, the mostly uh, multiplayer ghost hunting game, which has been in early access for full two years now. It is still in early access. And I've been playing it for those full two years pretty much with several people on and off. Um, recently... I've been playing a lot with my friend Lala. Shout out to Lala. We are uh, we call ourselves the Gilf Hunters because we uh, we 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 hunt the ghosts I like to find. That's why we call us the <laughs> Gilf Hunters. Uh, like, uh... It's just a dumb a dumb little inside joke that we started while playing this game. And you recently, it's your power, or is it just Lala? It's just Lala. That's the only one I care about. <laughs> They'll tell you to these jokes for anyone at home. If you know, you know. It, truly a very high IQ joke right there. Um, <laughs> Hang on. I'll put something in the in the chat palace so you know what I'm talking about. Sorry. Crack on, Matt. Ignore me. Sure. Let me talk about horror while you talk about Teletubbies. 
Which is uh, another form of horror. <laughs> I guess there is yeah. something horrific about the television. This is true. Yeah, I guess I guess that's too much horror to me, though. For me, anyway, Phasmophobia has had uh, one of the biggest updates this month. The Apocalypse update, it's called, which uh, revamped the entire game um, visually and mostly mechanically, and added uh, a few more maps. So we've been playing through the, the new additions and getting um, familiar with the new mechanics. Uh, two years in early access, there's still plenty of jank, but still such a fun game to, um, especially with friends, to go into haunted places and try to find the ghosts, try to capture evidence to figure out what kind of ghost it is. Sometimes you even have to talk to the ghost, like there's the microphone is an essential part. Uh, you basically can't even play it without a microphone because you do have to talk to the ghost to um, get answers or to just get activity going or even um, get reactions through the spirit box, one of the essential um, um, items that you use. It's basically one of those ghost hunting TV shows like ghost adventures with Zach Bagans, but uh, the ghosts are actually real and the hosts are not dude bro idiots, <laughs> but you and you can die and it, it can get really scary too, but it's also just really fun tactically, like in a tactical sense. Um, <clears throat> probably gonna keep playing this until it's fully released and more like it's such a good replay game. Um, another game I've been playing is the original Castlevania, the NES version, although I'm playing the Steam re-release. Um, I think you've talked about this, like, when Tia Mud was on recently, he talked about Castlevania as well, I believe, because it is the, uh, one of the game of the months on the How Long To Beat forums right now. Uh, coincidentally, I was the one who, um, nominated this game very happy that it, it won i've been i've probably been listening to castlevania music for like 15 years now and loving it but never touched a single game so i'm uh. pretty happy that i finally played a castlevania um this month this year uh and i've 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 put just an hour in i've only had one play session so far and got like a little bit over halfway through, I believe. Um, I've not used save states. Not really necessary yet. Um, also, you didn't know they were there. That, that's, also that. Real. <laughs> no, yeah. Rick and I have talked about this before. When I was done with my playing session, I wanted to save and like keep it to continue later, but I couldn't find the save state option in the Steam re-release because it's genuinely not... It's not on the Steam store mentioned at all. Mm. It's not really immediately in the game mentioned at all. There is not, there's a settings menu, but it's not like in the main menu or whatever. You don't see it. You just have to know how to open it. Mm. Uh, there is, however, um, like old school manuals that you can read and in there, it also explains the mechanics of the re-release. But I just saw those manuals as like 
here's a little nostalgic special feature. I didn't even like look into that. Right. Anyway, the problem is solved. I know how to use those quick saves now. Mm. And I will use them in the future. Mostly just to keep my progress safe so I can return to that. But I'm I mean I'm pretty much 100% sure that once especially the boss fights ramp up, I'm gonna use those save states uh, as sparingly as I can. But like atmosphere-wise and um, platforming-wise, it is quite a lot of fun. Though, since I just, since, since I'm coming from Ninja Gaiden 2 earlier this month, another NES platformer, it is like there are similarities in how it plays. Just slower and clunkier mm. uh, and that's a, a little bit of a tough um, transition I feel like um, but it is still like I'm still enjoying it but still gonna truck along there hopefully making it through to the end and my final game that I've pl I'm playing right now is Grounded the bug-sized survival game Honey, uh, I shrunk also, the game pass, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's literally Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the survival game, which is, and I've said this on the forum before, I believe, literally, genuinely a dream game concept of mine that's finally become real. This game also has been in early access for at least two full years, and I've also been playing this in early access for all those two years, pretty much. I've put a lot of hours into this before it was even fully released, which it finally was last month. It is complete, it is beatable, the story is there. And again, my friend Lala and I, we've been playing this in uh, co-op now. Um, we've, we've um, since the full release is now there, it comes with the caveat that you have to redo story elements so that they actually count in your save game. So we've been kind of trucking through, repeating the first few dungeons. Luckily, we still have all of our items and upgrades. Like, none of that is lost, so it's not, like, a chore, really. Uh, we can get through these dungeons pretty quickly, thankfully. We don't actually start from zero. But it has been a little bit of work right now before we actually get into the fresh new bits. But the game itself... Now that it's fully released, it's going to be my game of the year. I already know that because, like I said, it is a dream concept come true and it is made so well as well. Uh, being a bug-sized person, exploring all these, exploring this garden full of these di different um, subsystems of insects and interacting with them and exploring little disgusting creepy holes in the ground or like the trees and their their um um like climbing up trees there's even a goddamn pond you can actually dive in and explore which is again probably a good thing for the subject later on because that is was quite the experience for me but yeah grounded i freaking love this game 10 out of 10 so far and i haven't even beaten it it's amazing <laughs> and that's all my playing games so 
nice. Alex Rick, who wants to go? <laughs> I, I would love you to go first, Alex, because we can talk about the Castlevania game that I True. would actually recommend you go to next, <laughs> Matt, because it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Sure. I started <laughs> Castlevania Order of Ecclesia. Ecclesia. AKA the best Ecclesia? one. Ecclesia? Ecclesia. Order of Ecclesia, I think, is how Ecclesia. I think that's what I think they said it once in the game. I was like, Ecclesia, you gotta remember that. <laughs> um so uh, I started this one up because you know I finished uh investigations and I was like, well fuck, I should play something else on my 3DS because I love this thing. And uh I like I was looking at the three of them to play and I was like, because there's no they're, they're not related to each other, and I was just like, Well, fuck, this is the one that Rick likes, so I'll try this one. <laughs> That's basically why I did it. Um and so far, like at first I was a little like because it's it's very different than the other kind of yes. uh, Castlevanias, and at, at first I was a little like wary because I was like, oh my god, like there was a couple just like straight line areas, and I was like, are you for real? But then I started to see what it was doing, where it was like, okay, you're slowly building this town up, and like now there are different areas that are more expansive, and I'm like, okay, I I'm 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 feeling what this game's putting down now, you know, like I'm like I see what's going on here. Um, I like the main character. I think the the fighting and the combat's great. Um, you know, there's like glyphs instead of I don't know. There's always something in Castlevania's right that you like take it. In it's the Ario Soros system, but it, it's slightly rejigged. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so you can like have different weapons, and then you can unlock different like sets that you can like change between and stuff. Um, right now, I'm at the uh, the like the like crab tower thing uh, that's coming up, and what I like about so like most Castlevania games, I think the, the best Castlevania games do this thing where like they're challenging, not hard. Right. And like, mm. that's, this game is very much that where like the bosses at first, they're like, they're very unforgiving in the sense that they can clobber you really quickly, but they have very distinct patterns um, that after you play it for like a little bit, you're like, I got it. So like I died a couple of times, but now I'm like, Oh, I, I know my exact strategy for how to get up past this thing now. Um, and I, I like that. Like, it feels like, cause I don't know, there's that weird balance you strike in a lot of games where it's like the bosses are just either too easy or just way too hard. Um, and I feel like this is like walking a really nice line where I don't feel like I'm just like smoking the bosses like real quickly, but I also don't feel like I'm being like unfairly punished while playing them. So yeah, plus the little, there's like this magnet thing you can use. It's pretty cool. And I like it. You know, fling your character all over the place. It's pretty fun. Um, so yeah, it's a good game. It's, I mean, it's fucking Castlevania. Like, I don't think I've yet to play on like the GBA and the DS a bad Castlevania game when it comes to like the 2D ones. I just, they're really freaking fun. Some of them are stronger than others, but God, they're great. Um, and I think Circle this- of the Moon Harmony are like eight out of tens-ish. Yeah. You're the four of 10 out of 10 stone cold bangers yeah i would agree and i think um i think this one is probably a good entry point because it's a bit more linear at first i think it actually lets you kind of uh understand the combat a little bit more which i think is probably a strength to this one because for instance something like harmony which i started with is a fucking nightmare like i love it but it is you like like what you were describing mad about hollow knight that times like 11 like it is jacked up so intensely as to like where the fuck do you go and like you're like you need this one item that's way at the bottom of something anyway i love it but it's it's a rough one to start with (laughs) um anyway this one's great i'm excited to play more uh i started playing uh uve it has happened i am playing crusader kings 3 (laughs) 
I don't know what's going on. <laughs> People are plotting to kill my sons. Um, <laughs> my, I think my wife died in childbirth, but I got a new wife now. Uh, and I'm slowly trying to take over Ireland. <laughs> good for you. So, so, you know, life's pretty good. I, I helped a dude go to war, but the other guy was way too strong. So I just let him die overseas while my <laughs> army mobilized. Um, and I was like, no, they're strong. I'm not helping you, but I will help you. I'll say I'm helping you, but I won't help you. And it worked. The game didn't mind. <laughs> um, I still have no idea what's going on in this game. I genuinely, like, I'm playing the tutorial and I still don't know what's happening. I have like a, I have like a 40 minute video. There's like a 10 hour YouTube series for beginners of Crusader Kings 3 just to get oh you God. started because it's that complicated. Now look, you can just play and not know what the fuck you're doing and it's totally fine. <clears throat> but it, holy shit, there's a lot in this game. And I think I am going to learn because there's like a Lord of the Rings mod for this where they've like completely, it's, it's insane. Yeah. They've totally done it like with all of the kings and now they've introduced like the southern realms and shit. So you can play as like gold kings of Harad. It's, I'm like, holy hell, that's amazing. So uh, yeah, I'm going to try to learn how to do this so I can go play that later. <laughs> um, anyway, not but speaking of Lord of the Rings, uh, I'm on my huge Lord of the Rings fucking binge. You know, I'm just... I'm in. This was my like nerd shit when I was a kid and it's come back hard. You can thank Rings of Power for that. I was like, yes, give me more Lord of the Rings. Injected into my veins. What did you think of that show? Because I'm not yeah. really plugged into that as a, a franchise, but I've heard pretty negative things about the show. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's fucking everywhere because Amazon are advertising. Let me put it this way. There is an extremely, extremely shitty community around Lord of the Rings. I, I love it to death. And there are a lot of really good people who really dig it. But, and here's a little fun fact, Lord of the Rings, because it is such a wonderful, huge, long running thing, has fans of all types. And I mean, all fucking types. To kind and you of, get enough people together, you're gonna get some dickheads. Yeah. yeah, but not even just that, to really, but here's the extra element to it. Lord of the Rings is loosely, fucking so loosely based off of like European mythologies, right? Like it, it takes its love from like um, Arthurian legends and like that kind of verse. So what happens when you get loose um, medieval history within it? Well, you get alt-right assholes. And so in Italy in particular, Lord of the Rings became this part of like the right wing um, where like they became really obsessed with it because they took it as like a literal text of like this idea of like racial purity, it's fucked. Because they think Yikes. that like with it, yeah, exactly, right? Even though like Tolkien's message is how like, if we all, despite our differences, get along, things are great. But instead the right's like, no, what his stories are about is that you have to, you have to stay like, you know, secluded and not allow anyone else in so that you maintain your racial purity. And I was like, how the fuck did you get that from this fucking story of like cooperation and fighting against the larger evil? You're the evil idiots. But anyway, it's like, right. Oh, God damn it. It just drives me crazy. But anyway, is it a good show or not? Like, I, I, no, you need this context first. You need this. You do need this okay, context okay, okay, okay. actually, because okay. there's a lot of that. Right. And so I find that there is, and now don't get me wrong. Like I've, I find there is really, really wonderful, beautiful communities because all all communities have this kind of shit, right? But I feel like you need to understand the slight alt-rightiness of part of the community who's in this, right? Um, whereas local communities, I find, for instance, I play like the war gaming. They're all a bunch of cool fucking dudes who are just chill, you know? And like, we like Lord of the Rings because it's fun, right? And they're like, and we like the themes and all that. 
But online, there is that element. And so what's interesting, because when the first Lord of the Rings came out, you had people who were like, vitch- and now, of course, the internet wasn't as widespread at this point, right? We're talking early 2000s. But still, at that time, you had motherfuckers coming on being like, oh, it's a bunch of like, they're like girl bossing uh, Lord of the Rings or some shit, like complaining about the original fucking trilogy. Yeah, like people were whining and bitching about that. Now, it was easier to avoid because, again, a less online world, it still took time for people to accept it because it changed quite a bit. Now, we come to Rings of Power. You have a show with uh, Warrior Galadriel, which let me tell you, for a group of population who complains about, um, like, fucking left-wing people being really sensitive, boy, were there a lot of people who were sensitive to the idea of a lady who's not a perfect person and who has Ooh. some character development and yeah. is kind of mean sometimes. God damn, man. I've heard so... They're just like, oh, she's so terrible. Like, all this shit. And I'm just like, like, listen, you don't have to like her. You don't even have to like the show. But if you are this upset about a woman in a show who is kind of mean and like is having a hard time because she's going through a lot of grief and is like learning lessons along the way. I think you need to like take a second and think to yourself, why am I so angry about this? Again, if you want to be angry about it, fine. But like, it just feels weird, right? And then there's a lot of this complaining about, cause like, again, it just, there's, there's been a lot of complaining about the diversity within the show. Right. And what's really been bothering me is that I'm seeing a lot of people. So, and and, because listen, I want to also be clear that I really gave people the benefit of the doubt with this. I talked with a lot of people about the show trying to have, because I don't think it's a perfect show. The show has some slight pacing issues. I think Um, it it withholds a lot of information. It asks a lot of the audience um, because it is withholding some stuff. I think if you really love Lord of the Rings, you're probably going to be a little more like, unsure of some stuff because they're clearly saving things for later because they know they have five seasons they have a guaranteed five seasons um whereas what is it you, because of the reception or is there a five season deal it's a deal oh amazon has plans for lord of the rings like this oh, is damn okay listen you, the next couple decades we're having a lot of lord of the rings and i'm very happy but um oh, yeah it's a plan <laughs> um yeah but here's the deal um if you don't, if you if you're a casual enjoyer of Lord of the Rings, I think you will love this show. It's really good. Like it's beautiful. Um, again, is it like? But again, my, some of my pacing issues might have been because I was watching it one episode at a time. I actually think this might be a show that benefits from the kind of binge experience in a lot of ways that the extended editions do. Because I think mm-hmm. if you're not, by the way, actually the sixth episode of this show is barn on one of the best fantasy segments I've ever seen. Probably the best like fucking television fantasy mode. It is the coolest battle. Like it is really fucking good. Um yeah, but again, I talked with some of these people and whenever they complain about the show, they they there's always this thing of like they say bad writing. They'll like complain like, oh it's bad writing or whatever. And they won't explain why. And then they'll just bitch about Galadriel and just whine about him. And they'll like complain about Arundir, who's like the black elf, for doing like fucking elf shit. And like, this is what drives me crazy. He like does, he's so, he is like the most elf of all the characters. And like, they'll complain about him. And I was like, did you watch The Hobbit? Legolas jumped on a bunch of falling rocks. Like, Lord of the Rings is ridiculous. It's fantasy. Just relax. It's fine. Um, So yeah, there's been a lot of this like, it's been a minefield trying to just enjoy the show 
because I'm just like liking it. And you, you know, you just want to talk with people about how you enjoy the show. And if you go online, it's like opening up a box and all you hear is like, this show isn't exactly what I wanted it to be. And then you're like, you're like oh God, close that right away. <laughs> you're like, dear Jesus Christ. Um, and so I've stayed offline for this one because it's been a fucking nightmare. I kind of wish I didn't ask. <laughs> so much for the political power of HLTB. There you go. That's what it is. Like, I kind of expected it, but it's actually quite good. Or yeah, it's pretty shit. And then we just move the fuck onto the game. You can't. You need the context, man. <laughs> I feel like I'm on the other side. I've opened this box, and you've gone. Ah! Exactly, because that's what it's been like for me, man. That's been the experience. So, you're, you're playing the Lord of Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, which is really good. Oh, yeah, gaming. I while back. Yeah. It's great, yes. Anyway, there you go, people. If someone wants to talk about the show, I will happily talk with them about it. <laughs> um, but anyway. Uh, here's the sad part. I was coming oh into this God. segment being like, I'm going to be really quick because I don't want to take too long and we've taken forever. So, yeah, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. Attack on the, yeah, yeah anyway. Shadow of Mordor is really good. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. I'll talk more about it next week. <laughs> Rick, why don't you tell right. me what you're playing? Yes, let's pass through what I've been playing. Um, so, um, <laughs> so I'm going to put what I've most recently started first on this just because it is an interesting contrast to um, fucking chicken shoot whatever it was you were playing <laughs> crazy chicken extreme come on I, same difference whatever um i, <laughs> I uh <laughs> okay. I, uh, I recently on ebay purchased a wee zapper with its original pack-in game Link's crossbow training the zapper's great the game's pretty phoned in what they've basically done is they've taken the assets and the locations from twilight princess and they've made a, a real bare-bones shooting gallery out of them, which is fine. Like, it's only supposed to demonstrate how the Zapper works. And the Zapper is a piece of kit. Like, it feels really premium. Like, it's incredible that the whole package, game, disc, controller and all, went for, like, £20 when it came out. It's really nice textured plastic. Everything's machined really well. The, um, the Wiimote and the Nunchuck fitted it perfectly. And there's real thoughtful touches, like cable management for the Nunchuck cable. It like loops in under the back of the of the, the controller and then just comes around and plugs into the Wiimote. So real nice setup. Um, the game's going to be over really quickly. Like I've played the first two stages of nine in like 15, 20 minutes. So um, it's one I'll barrel through. Like it's okay. I don't know that I necessarily recommend it unless you happen to get it with the Zapper. I mainly bought the Zapper for, I've got like a load of light gun games recently that I've picked up. House of the Dead 2 and 3. House of the Dead Overkill, um, LA Machine Guns, and you know that double pack in. Um, I think it's Ghost Squad. There's like a, a military sort of um, light gun shooter. Um, the two Resident Evil ones they made. There's lots of use the Zapper's going to get. Um, and Link's crossbow training is like the lowest rung out of all of that. Um, on that Zelda theme, I have actually played a bit of the Link to the Past. So I've gotten through the first dungeon. Zelda's safe, and I now know who I need to go, go and speak to to progress the story. It's a nice little game. Like, it's weird coming back from the top-down DS entries and from Minish Cap, because this does feel, in a few respects, like a little bit of a step backwards. 
Um, but that's just because it came first and it pioneered a lot of the things that they're doing that way. The bindings are a little bit weird as well. So obviously there's two buttons less than the SNES, but I don't think the SNES release actually used the shoulder buttons all that much. So you've got like one button for your sword, which is B, one button for your equipped item, which is A, and then the map is on the left trigger and the the pickup item, throw item, that's mapped to the right shoulder button. Which is, I mean, you get used to it, but it's a bit strange. Like there's a there's a a few minutes when you start playing the game where you have to like bend your brain around the way that that's set up. Because really, I think the item should probably be on R and talk and everything else should be on A. But there's no way of rebinding it, which is a bit annoying. Um, it's fine. Um, Guacamelee Two. I've been playing a lot more of this. Excellent Metroidvania. Um, better than the first. The humor is still on point. I always am, am struck by just how well the combat is integrated into the movement in the Guacamelee games. Um, every power-up that you get both has a combat and a traversal um, function. So, for example, the first one you get, the uppercut, breaks red blocks, gives you some verticality because you only have a single jump at the start. But um, obviously, you also get to use it in combat, and you can build in the combos. And the sequel does a really cool thing where there's a returning character who, if you visit him in the hub worlds between stages, um, will give you challenges for money to um, give the game an excuse to show you how to combo different moves into each other. Uh, just really well thought out. And the humor in this game is top-notch. So the sequel has you in the Mexiverse, the multiverse of Mexico's, and, and your Juan is the only Juan that survived the final battle of the first game. Um, and, he's and the he, Juan. He is the Juan. <laughs> he's the only Juan. <laughs> Juan oh, God. <laughs> I've, I've shared screenshots on the Discord of like um, different pop culture things that posters in the background um, like parody. So the most recent one is uh, there's a character sporting an energy drink and he's got to go fist and he's dressed up like Sonic and he's punching. Yeah. Out of the thing. Uh, there's one in the early game where it's like He-Man versus Skeletor and there's some like funny... Te- it, they're just phenomenal games and they so regularly go on sale. They're on all the platforms. I can't recommend them highly enough. I might even go back and play the original on Vita because I think I played it on PC the first time around. Great games. Anyway, um, I started Resident Evil 2 um, this week, this month's How Long to Beat the Game game. Um, I had a bit of a fight getting it to work because they've gotten rid of the DirectX... 11 version of the game so oh. my my poor 960m like budget laptop graphics chip from 2015 technically can run DirectX 12 in the same way that i can technically launch myself at a wall it's not really advisable um <laughs> and, and <laughs> but you can yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh i i had to drop the settings way down just not because it couldn't run it but because it kept running into fatal errors um it's it uses like fidelity super fx to like um uh upscale the image it's putting out um and that's how it gets the good results i had to drop that quite low down just to get the whole thing to function I, the gameplay underneath is okay i don't really think this kind of survival horror speaks to me all that much which is the the slight problem with it and that that's not the game's fault that's just um a, a personal preference thing um but you know it, it's good so far i think the thing i'm personally going to find quite annoying in this game, the zombies don't really seem to die. So where my... Oh, they do. Um, sorry? 
they do. Yeah, but they get back up. They they keep getting back up. Bro, you got to blow their heads off. No, 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 I know. I'm putting like four or five bullets into a zombie's head and then it's on the floor. <laughs> and then I turn around to look at the environment and they're up again. You didn't finish them off, man. You got to get that knife out. Slab that motherfucker. He's not dead. But the Try- knives break. <sighs> not all of them, right? I can't remember in this one if they do. Anyway, but, sorry, you're not finishing them do, though. So you got to finish them. <laughs> Uh, I, I've been given a boot knife just, but it's got a durability, and that durability is almost out. Well, time to find a new uh, one. Uh, <laughs> Survival <laughs> horror. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's I'm I'm gonna persevere with it for now because it, it's Fair. the game of the game. So you know, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, while it is clearly a game of high quality, it's not really vibing with me as yet. Um, Last two games, recently started Rhapsody for Nintendo Switch. A lot of games I'm just starting because I've cleared through a load of games that I had ongoing. This is an interesting one. So um, NIS have been releasing a lot of their classic games as double packs physically on Switch. Um, I bought this double pack because I've really wanted to play Lapuchel uh, for a long time. Uh, There was a PSP fan translation that was in the works for a while, but this was like an official localization on newer hardware. So I was like, you know what, I'll just... I'll buy the pack, I'll get the CD and the art book, and, you know, I'll have a good time with it. Um, Rhapsody, on a little website called How Long to Beat, which is great if you're looking for times and how long it might take you to beat a game, um, has the game Rhapsody at about 10 hours. And it's one of of a little bit of interest to me, because I remember um, there was a really, really god-awful DS port of it back in the day. So (laughs) I thought, hey, I'll give it a go. Uh, the, The tagline for this is a musical adventure, and that is very literal, like, my character's just broken into song. And she just sung a song about her unrequited Hell love yeah. for the Prince of Her Dreams. Do you know what? It, it, the story is nice and it's quite whimsical and, and charming and sedate. Um, there's also a really, really well-implemented CRT filter. Because this is a PlayStation game. And oh. if you play with no filter, like it's blocky sprite work. But that's because it's designed with the CRT monitor in mind. Uh, the filter does a really good job of, of giving it a, a, a better look, a more authentic feel. Um, I'm not normally one to play with those kinds of filters, but it's really, really well done in this instance. Um, the combat seems like it's going to be very, very lackluster, but I, I think a game like this, at a length like this, the combat's not necessarily why you're here. Um, so far, really good impression, and I'm, I'm enjoying this. It's quite a different um, tone to everything else I've got going on, so it's nice in that respect as well. Um, final game, I started Shovel Knight for the first time ever. Oh boy, this is good. Um, I'm playing the, the the original sort of Shovel of Hope campaign. Um, I'm about an hour and a half in. I've, I've beaten the first couple of bosses. Um, the game is, is so tight. Like the game feel is tuned right in. Um, I will say there, ha- there have been a couple of moments of like bottomless pit frustration, albeit this game is quite generous with letting you sort of claw your money back if you're, if you're smart about your second attempt at an area and there are, you know, relatively frequent checkpoints to it. Um, it's also worth saying I'm playing this on 3DS. Um, Yacht Club really did a good job of, of dialing that 3D effect in as well. So as games of its era often did, there are parallax layers at the back that scroll at different speeds to give the, the sense of depth. What they've done with the 3D is they've given those, those depth layers actual three-dimensional depth as well. So it feels like you're playing a diorama. It really does immerse you more in the world and, and it makes what is already incredible sprite work pop. Um, I 
I'm having a great time with this one. Um, and I expect to have a great time all the way through. Um, we had a, a little break in the recording earlier and I literally, my 3DS is there, pulled out and played for a couple of minutes. And I think that's always a sign of a good game when you're immediately reaching for it. Um, <laughs> right, that's that's me for everything. This episode's going to run long. I think we just need to make uh-huh. peace with that fact at this <laughs> oh, stage. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah it, guest episodes, that's how it goes. Um, speaking of which, um, Matt, do you want to sort of introduce <clears throat> us again and bring us in on it what you were thinking with it what it means for you <laughs> well well since it's the month of october and halloween is so close mm-hmm. i think every content creator is obligated to talk about spooky things yes and i thought we might as well do that while um, maybe focusing on phobias we might have um in relation to video games um, in the terms that maybe there are phobias that you only uh, discovered through video games that you didn't even know you had, or maybe there were video games that you played in your younger years that had such an impression on you that you developed some sort of fear through <laughs> them, because I certainly do. Um, or maybe there's just games that really trigger the phobia in an interesting way that might happen. Uh, I, I, I can start immediately too. Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. As I talked about, like maybe there are games that like uh, spawned a fear in you. I used to have an irrational f- sort of phobia um, throughout most of my life of like long hallways. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense uh, because um, when I was a young teenager, a very young teenager, I played Fear, um, the old school like horror shooter game, and it. That game loved to use like long hallways for like spooky shenanigans Mm -hmm. because just such a good environment for like building up something and then like throwing it in your face. And Mm. uh, because I was so young, I guess that left a hardcore impression on me. And I felt uneasy in hallways, in like office buildings, hospitals, whatever. Every time I was in them for like most of my life, it's not really a thing anymore, but it was there for years. Damn. And I find it funny in hindsight, honestly. Hmm. Did anything ever like have an impression like that on you, gaming-wise? I mean, first off, I just kind of get that, like the the hallway thing, because now I'm thinking about it more, like in horror, and like hallways mm-hmm. truly are used so often because you can really like they're like a long hallway is very distorting, right? Like in terms of your perception, because no matter what, like the the distance of it always feels either further or closer than you'd imagine. And there's always two little kids standing at the end <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right there's always exactly children. um actually that for me when you were talking about so i don't think i've ever had a game that's like triggered something um then again i i don't let's be real i don't really my memory's not great <laughs> from like childhood so mm-hmm. if i did i don't remember but even you just talking about like the underwater like the deep underwater um game. oh god yeah so i know that i have I don't know if it's a phobia. I call it a healthy fear of the ocean because, like, I grew up, I grew up next to the ocean and in it all the time. Every every like um, summer, you know, we go into the ocean and we swim, and I still go in the ocean and it's fine. But like, the ocean is fucking terrifying um, uh-huh. in terms of its power, and then also, and you know what it is? I actually don't think I mind the ocean so much as lakes, dark lakes, because we would swim in them all the time. They're like pitch black, and you can't see anything underneath you. And you have no idea what's under there. And I yeah. fucking hate that so much. 
exactly so the, right oh, the idea of like that, yeah. a game under that under the water like that where you can't really see anything until it's like too close to you that that scares the shit out of me i hate that <laughs> i'm like no thanks so maybe i should try it out because uh there's no safer place to scare oneself than in a game you know i mean it's not gonna really hurt you <laughs> genuinely since you since you started talking about the water thing like i i genuinely think i have philosophobia the phobia of like open water or large bodies of water uh, but it doesn't it it it's not relevant in real life because I'm not on a ship. I don't go swimming in the ocean or anything, uh, which I wouldn't like to do anyway. <laughs> but it, it gets triggered by video games so goddamn well. Uh, like I like both of the games I mentioned earlier, both Nicosis, the deep sea VR game, and Grounded got me uh, really going in that sense. Nicosis VR in itself was a nightmare adventure for me because in vr obviously it's even more immersive being in these creepy little caves under kilometers of water just pushing down on you with limited oxygen limited oxygen like weird japanese spider crabs and cuttlefish and anglerfish like trying yeah. to get you i like I love this game. I love underwater environments. I as much as it freaks me out, I find them amazing, interesting, gorgeous, everything. But I had sequences in that game where I really uh, felt my body react and like mm. it was really exhausting getting through them. But I also appreciate being able to experience them in this safe environment. Mm. And what I didn't even expect in Grounded, there's this pond in the garden that you can actually explore with like underwater environments, even uh, with stuff down there. And philosophobia is one thing, but also being a little uh, soft, uh, tiny human in a world full of hard-shelled creatures makes it so much worse i i played with my friend lala like i said and honestly they had to do a lot of things down there in that pond because it messed with me so much they had to hear my whining for a long time so shout out to them for dealing with that but it's i it's just an amazing thing that video games can uh just have this effect on a human being Speaking yeah. of, still on the topic of water, like I really got triggered by Abzu. Oh, I remember you saying, yeah. Yeah, because I didn't, I legit didn't know that I was kind of scared of like deep sea underwater environments until I play Abzu. And then I went to a deep sea underwater dark and a small place in Apsu, and I had to nope out of it, mm -hmm. which is kind of interesting because I don't have claustrophobia in particular. I actually like small, cozy places to the point that uh, when I was little, if there was a box, a box big enough, I yeah. would like hide into the box and be there happily. <laughs> but for some reason like anything that is like dark small and like cold or like underwater it just triggers me completely and, and 
I'm like a ball of anxiety at that point. Yeah. And um, curiously enough, like the idea of the open ocean doesn't like scare me in a way, or like being underwater, or, like seeing nothing like for kilometers and kilometers like underwater doesn't scare me. What does scare me is like not having visibility on mm -hmm. land in particular. Oh. And like, I am a scaredy cat and I hate like walking in the, in the dark and in particular, and I was like, um, I had to go to Bournemouth for like a study thing. Um, and, it, and the thing is in the thing that surprised me when I was there for the first time is that in England, things close down like very early or like in Bournemouth in particular, things closed down like very, very <laughs> early. Mm -hmm. And I was walking down this, not as this street. And there was no one, mm. absolutely no one. And I could literally hear my own footsteps. <laughs> and that scared the shit out of me. Like I began running until I found like any kind of, like anything alive. It was mm. like, yeah, there's light. There's finally fucking light here. Oh, there's people. There's someone I know. <clears throat> I am safe from this. So <laughs> anytime that, again puts me in a situation where I'm either alone, there's either like low visibility or like I can hear my own footsteps. It just reminds me of that time. It's like, no, 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 please end this quickly. Please end this quickly. I know <laughs> I am safe, but for some reason, the fact that I'm hearing my own footsteps in this, th in this thing just triggers me. Yeah. Uh it's interesting you talk that oh, you're making me think because I, I was thinking like that for me doesn't like frighten me as much because I grew up in such a rural town where like literally every single day there's no one around. <laughs> like you know what I mean like I'd be walking no matter what there's no one but I had this experience that I don't think a lot of us get to experience but we were growing up we went to this like party and, and it was literally out on an island um and it's where it was where for the first time I experienced like true darkness in the sense that like I feel like we get used to the idea of like, oh yeah, it's dark out. But like, this was an island that had literally no lights on it. And there were no lights yeah. for like kilometers around. And so when the, when the sun went down and the moon came up, it was so, it was like, it was oppressively black, you know? Like it was literally to the point where like, I couldn't see, even with the moon, the faint light of the moon, it's like, I couldn't see, and it was a very small moon that night too, not even a full moon, full moon. You're like, yeah, you're good. But like, you couldn't see like about a foot in front of you. And it's like, one of the more like disturbing moments because then you hear everything, right? And like like you're describing too, Pala, right? This moment of when you start to hear absolutely everything. And when you're on an island, there's a lot of living things on an island, right? And so you would <laughs> yeah. hear stuff and then you'd look over and you'd just see like like two like glowing eyes and you're like, nah, I don't like that. And so you're just like moving around. <laughs> and like, I feel like games not yet can quite do this very well because if it's just pure blackness, that kind of sucks. But I think VR, there are some games that could do it very well, right? I was literally about to say that because I noticed that in Narcosis as well. 
because I was recording the footage for my YouTube channel for Let's Play and I noticed the difference. When you're in VR and actually have the 3D effect, even if it's really dark, you see shapes in the distance and you know something is there and whatever. On a flat 2D plane, uh, many of those things don't even, you don't even recognize them. Yeah. I think you are right. VR can do a lot of things with like this sort of darkness and limitation. Right. And you can't just look away the same way like you can with a screen. And that's always the thing that's going to throw you off with stuff like that. Like, on the one hand, it's a little bit comforting because you can you can experience that in like a safe way. You know you're not truly in danger. But equally, it, it, it's kneecapped because at any moment you can see like a familiar environment around you or whatever. And that that cuts the effect right off to a certain extent. Well, it's yeah, like, like, why? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Bella. Like in my case, for example, if I see a very dark skin, the screen, and like I'm trying to see what's going on in game, and I can like distinguish the anything because it is so dark. Mm. It is annoying if I see yeah. it in on a screen. Mm -hmm. If I see it like around me, it becomes scary. Yeah, yeah. that's <clears> why <throat> I think VR is like the the really the. At, at this point, the most kind of ultimate perfection of the horror genre, because like, and why I think you see a lot of horror on there, because again, when I think of films, like I love to watch horror movies, but very rarely does a horror movie like scare me. They'll surprise me at times, right? Like, oh, surprise. Sometimes they'll disturb me, right? Like I find that's more often what happens is that you yeah. that you're like, that's just fucked up. Do I feel scared? Yeah. Not really. But like video games and VR in particular, even games that aren't horror games, like Half-Life Alex like can like scare you in like the stress response at times, you know, cause it gets so yeah. intense that you're like, Oh fuck, Oh fuck. Right. Like you had that feeling. And so imagine a game that's attuned for horror. It's like when I played resident evil seven in VR, I've never moved so slowly in a game in my life. I was like, <laughs> yeah. When, when I played the paranormal activity VR game, I had the same thing. Like one step was like 30 minutes of progress. Like yeah. it took a long time. The thing is with VR, I think um, that you are so immersed in it, but also there are no laws of reality. You don't, you cannot expect what happens, and yet it is still around you and in your face. Like that, that, that mix of things that's really brutal. Yeah, because you're immersed in a world wherein, like, you lose, you lose your logical thinking, right? Because in the exactly. world, you can be like, okay, like for instance, when I'm walking down a scary like street or something, I might be afraid, but I can go, all right, logically, there's no actual yeah. monsters. If someone were to attack me, that's one thing, that's that's frightening. But uh, but in a video game, right? It's like, well, there literally could be a monster right there. So you're like, ah, shit, there's no rules here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I, I don't know about you all, but I love that feeling. Like for me personally, the, the feeling of being scared, it's like, I don't know, we talk about like emotions and stuff and scared is just another one of them. And it's a really fun, gratifying feeling. Like to allow something to frighten you without actual consequence is such yeah. a privilege, right? <clears throat> like to be able to just be like, and it's that, it's the roller coaster feeling, right? The like the adrenaline hit, <gasps> yeah, for sure. Yeah, you get this adrenaline spike, and it can become harder and harder to get. <laughs> it's like a hard drug, horror, you know. <laughs> After that first hit, it's just you're chasing that high. Chase the dragon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's never the same. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, I don't know. Any other thoughts on this one? How? What do you think? I 
to the extent that it hits me, I think body horror is the one. I, I've been racking my brain while you three have been talking, mm. just trying to think if anything has hit me. I, the closest thing I can think is probably Soma. Um, Fuck yes. Some of the moments that that has with um, I, the one that sticks out in my head, well, two, I suppose, is the, the early um, character whose brain's been copied to like a machine mm. and you have to like put energy through that machine to open a door. And you've got this human voice attached to this robot yeah. in intense pain and the way that throws you off. And then the, um, the, um, there's a, a character near the end who's like asking you to turn them off. And I suppose it's the, uh, that sort of empathic, like revulsion at some of the things that it asks of you. And also yeah. I suppose observer does similar things with the, the sort of melding of man and machine and, and the inhuman, I visceral components of that, but I'm not really someone who gravitates towards horror games, so I, I feel like I'm a pretty poor... Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm not well positioned to really contribute to this in the way that you guys have, so one of the perks of the format, you guys can pick up my slack in this regard. <laughs> um, I do not play a lot of... I do not play horror games at all any, either, and in particular, when I, I, I take part of some kind of gameplay in horror games, I am not the one at the controller, so I can close my eyes if things get too spooky. Which, by the way, that's one of the things that really differentiate uh, horror games from horror books or horror movies, especially horror movies. You can close your eyes in horror movies and you get no consequences for it. If yeah. you close your eyes while playing a horror game, well, I hope you're ready to read you that spooky section that you were just too scared to look at. And I think there are a few other bits to dig into on that and also what we talked about in VR. One of the prompts we've got on here for our, our show notes is how games compare to other horror mediums. And I think one of the interesting things for me beyond like the tied-in component of VR and the, the, the way that it's a little bit harder to dissociate that you've mentioned there, Paolo, I think the the lack of a director's framing is a big factor for horror games as well um it's, i've talked about it on the podcast before in a completely different context um the game layers of fear um, of bloober team who are now remaking silent hill hmm. um i've retired that game because i found it deeply frustrating um in the sense that i could tell there were trigger points where yeah. i was sort of tripping over the the strings of the puppet master um, and I could see as I as I hit like lines in in the room and gated points, I was triggering certain actions like oh okay, um, and because you have a lot more control over what you're looking at, where you're positioned, the pace that that happens at, in some circumstances that can heighten it, like what you guys talked about in terms of VR and feeling that dread and the way that that affects the speed you're moving at. Um, the flip side of that is that you don't have a director. Um, framing the shot editing it in such a way that it moves at a pace that holds you with it um, and causes fear in that way and i think there are a lot of horror experiences in in the medium of video games that suffer for that lack of control over the user's experience of it yeah it depends what you're going for in horror right like if you're going for yeah. atmospheric yeah. feelings versus like the thrill ride kind of uh take on it which yeah it just sort of depends you know um I can see merits in all of them, but I, I do know what you mean. Um, man, that Silent Hill 2 remake, though. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> Silent Hill's come back with a vengeance. Um, 
the thing is, if Bloober Team is just remaking it, like I sometimes disagree with some of Bloober Team's like artistic choices, but like Great the games are competent. So like if they're just remaking yeah. Silent Hill 2 and they're not fucking with it, it'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> you say that. The character models in the trailer look pretty whack. That's good though. I want Silent Hill 2. Silent Hill 2 shouldn't look good. It shouldn't look right. You shouldn't be in that game. Right? Like they should look I, fucked. They should make you feel like you're uncanny <laughs> valley and uncomfortable. I, yeah. Yes and no. Like that the the human like face rig for the central I've never played Silent Hill 2. The face rig for the main character like looked awkward. Like you know the first mm-hmm. robots that they made where they're like, oh shit, we mm-hmm. can put some silicon on the front of this and we can pretend it's a person. But like they they did it once and they were just like, yeah, this is ready for video. I mean, look, and it looks just completely not right. Not in a scary way, just in a, oh, what the fuck is that way? Yeah, yeah and can you really? I see what you're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm also so on board. <laughs> like, because I, I, I'm like, if, if the whole time that you, as long as it doesn't take you out of it, but anyway, we'll see. Uh, that's just like the, um, the the you know a cg cutscene that we got to see so we'll see yeah because they they actually do a good job like I, you know i played their last one the medium the models look fine so i don't know we'll find out what we'll happens see. um yeah. should we move on or what do you what do we think, I think so, yeah <laughs> I, I, unless you guys have got stuff to add I, I think i'm i've contributed everything i can to that point i think it's time for guest the gay guest the guest no what Guess the game. Yeah. Welcome to game. Guess the Game, the where the aim of the game, game is, is to guess the guest game. game. Yeah. <laughs> Smooth, beautiful. Oh my God. So basically... Tell me it's a while since you've done this without telling me it's a while since you've done this. Right. Matt's got a game for us, and he's got some completion notes and or reviews, who knows. And we're going to have to guess. Uh, and I think he'll tell exactly. us the times first, right? Yeah. And then we'll guess uh, based on that. Yep. Um, just a second here. And the winner will get one point towards the score. <clears throat> All right, I'm giving you the times first. Okay. Um, we have a main story of seven hours. That's this okay. is the average times. A main story of seven hours. Main plus extras eight hours, and the completionist fifteen hours. Okay. Um, the first three notes that I have for you are pretty, you know, vague. So I'm gonna give those to you, you know, a bit quicker. Okay. Um, firstly, we have, um, this wonderful little note. It says, this game really got inside my head. Very spooky atmosphere and graphics. Silent Hill? So you... Yes. (laughs) Uh (laughs) No problem, though. That's no problem, though, because I, I had a feeling that might be quick, (laughs) so I have, I have a backup, honestly. That's fine. Let's do two. I would like... Yeah, but but I do like uh, I'm giving you still the full three uh, things that I was gonna give you because yes. the next one was saying the worst graphics in history. Oh, I would have gotten that the, for sure. <laughs> and yeah, the one leading up to that ahead of its time. So nice. I actually find that funny because we just had this conversation about the graphics in Silent Hill, and we <laughs> yeah. have that literally here. One of them saying spooky graphics, the one of them saying uh, worst graphics in history. I find that really interesting. Nice. Sorry, anyway, I, got, I, yeah, I, you... I played Silent Hill a little while ago, so like with my partner, so I'm like, yeah, I, I had a feeling it's spooky. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, so here's the the bonus game. Yeah. yeah. This one, I think this one is going to be harder in general a little bit. Okay. 
So here we go with the times. We have uh, the main story of 11 hours, the main plus extras 13 and a half hours, and completionist 16 and a half hours. Okay. The first note is this is actually a review, 6 out of 10, by Johnny No Name. Old-school stealth design with gory kills, terrible camera, and overly repetitive gameplay. Making is a similar mistake. Two? Sorry? Is it Manhunt 2? It is not Manhunt 2. Okay, sorry. I interrupted you in the middle of that. I was reading it. Go on. Making a single mistake can set you back 20 minutes. The story seems interesting, but worth the, not worth the redundancy. I, I'm guessing you don't have strong guesses yet. Is it Plague Tale? Nope. Oh. Old school stealth. Old school stealth. I can, I can continue with the next one if you want. Yes, yeah, please yeah, do. Yeah. I think that on. makes sense, yeah. This one is another review. 6 out of 10 by One Kaneka. Entertaining but not inspiring. Has a couple of fun sections, but overall is very repetitive. It feels like a mechanic segment that was dropped from the 3D GTA series and found itself converted into a 12-hour dull experience. Saints Row? <laughs> nope. Oh, no, that's gonna be it. Dropped from the GTA. Can you, what was the first part again, the, the first ones? Can you, can you repeat those first ones? I need to hear them again. Uh, the first sentence of this note? Uh, like, just like the, the first couple ones that you mentioned. What do you mean? <laughs> Sorry. Like, sorry, the, the, the first, first review, I review. think you mean, yeah, yeah, sorry, the first review. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Sorry. The first review. <laughs> old school stealth design with gory kills, terrible camera and overly repetitive gameplay. Making a single mistake can set you back 20 minutes. Story seems interesting, but not worth the redundancy. That was the okay. first one. And you said Manhunt, right, Rick? I, I said Manhunt uh, too. I take it, it Manhunt? it's not the original Manhunt. It is Manhunt 1. I said it first! <laughs> we're both having that point. We said that at the same time. We're both having that point. Hell no, I said yeah, Manhunt before you said anything. <laughs> no, 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 no. I said oh, easy God. Manhunt as you said Manhunt. Fuck you, we both get that point. What? No way. I totally said Manhunt. Absolutely. You didn't even think about it. Fucking Absolutely. Matt, you're the decider, actually. Do we both get a point, or what's the deal here? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> fuck. No, I think... I think Alex is getting this yeah. point. Yeah, that's it's right. <laughs> You're already ahead. That also makes the game interesting because now it's nine for Alex, nine for Paola, and 14 for Rick. So this makes how long to be. Yeah. I mean, it makes it possible for you to both clean sweep it and then tie break it for sure. Exactly. That's the big question. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Those it would are two also be the biggest controversy in, in like how long. I love that you said Manhunt 2, though. That's so great. I really thought no, you yeah. said Yeah, I should also get that point because I was basically. No, you weren't no, right. You said Manhunt 2. Very, <laughs> very different you said Manhunt. You said Manhunt. Both the same time. I said Manhunt before that. I said it's Manhunt. You're not getting invited back, Matt. I'm not pleased with this. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I love this. This is good. All right. Um, let's let's uh let's move oh on to How long to beat the game? Um <laughs> which game. is Rick's turn to uh to play. So uh, let's yes, let's find out. <laughs> let's see. Let's see what we're randomizing this time. So, oh, that was fun. I'm, uh, there's no way I'm clean sweeping this, so it, you're gonna win anyway, Rick. But I like it to be more intense. <laughs> <laughs> let's see what we get. 
Ooh, okay. Mighty Gunvolt Burst. Is this oh. week's How Long Speed? The game. I think I have this what? game on. Isn't this the good version of so, like the bad one that was that's so vague <laughs> but this good, is like, good description it, it it's a, a sort of og mega man alike that was made as a promo side companion game to gunvolt but it also features um or rather to mighty number no. nine but it also features beck from gunvolt and it also features by the looks of the cover art uh one of the girls from galgon inexplicably and that makes sense so mighty gun would burst you said right correct okay yes. dope and so i am looking for the main main plus and 100 percent completion times worth one point each fuck uh i'm also as a bonus question going to ask something additional which i haven't decided <laughs> yet. a bonus question yeah, and that bonus question's worth two whole points. So. Hmm. All right, I think I have my time. So on, on the game pages, um, a game rating is featured. Um, <laughs> I take it Alex's dog's right on him. I take it her breath is not so good. It's not that. She went like... <laughs> And like shot like snot at my mouth. So it's a, a great day right now. <laughs> that should make you feel a little bit better, right? <laughs> uh, not as much as I'd hoped it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, uh, sorry. The bonus, point, the bonus point is going to be the rating um, for this game on how long to beat. Um, that is a percentage out of 100. That is, as all percentages are, but that's how it's on the page. And so that's how I would like your answers through to me, please. Okay. Oops. Sorry, I stand one time by itself. That's fine. You can edit it. It's all good. I feel like I'm cheating a little bit with this because I, I, I'm positive I've like looked at this game like very recently because I think I bought it. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, uh -huh. If you bought it, that wasn't the smart move because it's not a great game. Was it, isn't this the one that's okay? I mean, it's okay compared to Gunvolt or rather number, Mighty Number no. 9. It's yeah. not great. Yeah, I, I, well, I yeah. thought it was pretty good. Um, I, maybe. Tell me. Oh, okay. Well, I might change my rating. There you go. <laughs> uh, God damn it! On how long to beat? Did the ratings? They're not. They're not perfect, right? They can. They can vary. <laughs> they're not perfect you're saying something on the side is not perfect that's no i mean like, the they're not podcast. like five tens that's what i mean <laughs> it's just in after the events of this recording we're looking for a new host <laughs> no like um you know like they're not like they're not perfect decimals right like they're not like 75 80 95 like they can vary can't they it's one to a hundred it's a flat percentage right okay so they they can vary okay I couldn't remember. I, was I, like, I want it to the nearest percentage point. Let's put it that way. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I've I submitted them. I feel decently. Me too. Okay with it. Three. Right. So yeah, I've got it from everyone. So, um, first of all, main time. Alex has put three hours. Paula has put three hours. Uh, Matt has put four hours. Mm. Uh, main story time is three hours. Oh. So that's a that's a point each for the two <laughs> hosts. I can't believe uh, this. Main plus, Matt has put seven hours. Paula's put five and a half hours. Alex has put five hours. 
And the time is bang on five and a half hours. Oh. So that's point number two. <laughs> Those point number half three hours. Fowler. Those pesky half hours. Those half hours, um, man. Bruh. I'm and out. interestingly, so for 100%, um, Alex and Paula have both put seven and a half hours. That's uh, Matt's put 12 hours. Uh, the actual completionist time is eight hours. Uh, oh. Okay. But that, that's, a, that's a point each for Alex and Paula. Yeah. Paula could clean sweep this. She could. A clean, a clean sweep is on the cards. So, the percentage rating. Uh, Matt has put 75%. Alex has ambitiously put 77%. <laughs> and Paula has put an aggressive 65%. Ooh. Ooh, and I'm going to tell you that percentage is 78 Oh! So, Alex cannot believe there. this. So, in, in a photo finish to this round of how long to beat the game, I mean, um, if my maths are right, where are we? What? Should if we my do maths are right, round because like I feel like we're all so close. This feels like it'd be fun to do another one. I mean, I don't really care. I just feel like like it might be fun. It, 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 we don't need to. We can just you can win if you want, Rick. But it might be fun. <laughs> Let us know in the comments down win. below. I'm I'm open to playing no, again. Ooh. I would also like to pick the, again. The reason we'll though I would be, I'll just give you my like cliff notes reason why I think it might be nice. It's just that realistically, if we do pick one. I have a feeling I won't have a lot of time to play a game in November, but if we wait, it would become a December game, and then whatever is picked, I think I could really play a lot. But I will bow to the yeah. whims of, of the team if you would prefer to just, you know, let you win and go with it. But it's just 12, 13, 14. That's like, we're all still in competitive range, which is kind of I'll uh, I'll talk you through my thinking. Uh, you almost cheesed your way to a tie break with that travesty of that a That wasn't a travesty. The, the listeners know. So, <laughs> 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 Because you won a bonus point last time. So, you know. Yeah, you did. did I? You won a bonus point with Tiamat. Yeah, one bonus point for the game that I guessed. Not yeah. not one that I someone else guessed. This, me, I guessed, guessed two games this round. I think I did pretty uh, good. <laughs> yeah, anyway. you guessed one and a half games, if anything. I don't know. Let, let, let us know what you think, folks. Um, just because I feel like neither of you have really... I mean, Paula hasn't even got to start Resident Evil 2 yet, so... <laughs> uh, they need more time to play Resident Evil, I think. <laughs> Wow, you might be outvoted in a very unfair way since you're winning and there's two of us. We'll, we'll see. We'll yep. see. Let us know what you'd like to happen in the comments down below. And hey, maybe we'll base it on that. Maybe we won't. We'll see. But either way, this was very fun. And thank you for coming in again, Matt. You're the first, I think, returning guest. Heck yeah. Thank you for having me again. Always a pleasage. And this extra large episode. Toodaloo, folks. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>